You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Big Sills! Love starting to show off with that. I always do, man. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I always have. I've done that my whole entire career. Because it is a Friday. It's a football Friday. It's kind of a weird football Friday for Eagle fans, obviously. But not really. It's been an interesting... Doesn't that Monday Night Football game seem like it was three months ago? It just happened a couple days ago. All quiet on the Eastern Novacare front. No comments coming out of Novacare. Eagle management not making any noise. No endorsements from anybody of significance except for the players. Nothing. Letting it hang out there. By the way, it's funny, I was listening to Tone and Rob talk. <laughs> Let me just throw this at you before you even go further. You think the Eagle job's a good job? If you're a head coaching candidate, and every head coach since 2000 has had a winning record and they have fired every one of them, why would I want to take the head coaching job when I'm not a significant piece in what they do? and that you can pl- replace me at any time. I'll tell you something else. If you replace Nick Sirianni after taking a team to the playoffs three times, most people don't know what's going on internally in that organization and how they do their business. They're going to look at it from the outside and from 35,000 feet and go, what the fuck is going on there? So no matter what you do, no matter the success you have, you get fired. Shit, the New York Jets haven't had a playoff team in 13 years. They kept their coach. Now, some would say, well, the expectations aren't as high. I get it. But what are we talking here? Your expectations were what? To get to a Super Bowl? Well, those were unlofty expectations. You know the history of the league. You were fighting against history, but yet you didn't want to follow along with history. You thought you were better than history. Hey, guess what? On the, on the, on the way to reality, reality hit Eagle fans in the face. You weren't going to do it. You were not going to get to a Super Bowl. I actually told you you weren't going to get to it. I did think you'd get to the NFC title game. But I told you, you weren't going to the Super Bowl. No chance in hell. I still don't think the Chiefs are going. I don't. 
I never did. I never thought you were going to a Super Bowl. And I picked you a year to go. A year ago to go. You were never going. Why did you think you were? Because why? You were three points away from winning 12 months ago? What's that got to do with this year? Nothing. Your expectations were way over the top. You set your expectations, and I told you this a couple of months ago. And if you remember what I said to you, this will be the biggest disappointment in Philadelphia Eagle history under Jeffrey Lurie because your expectations were so high. You crashed and burned. Now there's going to be a meeting where Nick Sirianni has to basically reapply for his job. And he has to go in there. This is going to be interesting. And this is going to be a great experiment on exactly what to do, what not to do. Who has leverage, who doesn't. I mean, that's not an attractive job, the Eagle job. You're in a tough division. You're in an organization that doesn't think highly of coaches. You're also in an organization that the head coach is not allowed to pick his assistants. That's been exposed. No matter what people say. You know, sometimes when I hear even some shows on our network or listening to other people, there is some sort of notion out there that Nick picks his assistants. That's absolutely asinine. Nick, and by the way, the one thing that we have also exposed is that Nick Sirianni doesn't fight for his assistants. Who would want that job that you can't fight for your assistant coaches? That, in a nutshell, is going to be why Nick keeps his job, because he's not going to fight for Howie's assistants. Why should he? This is a different dynamic than when Doug was fired. Those coaches were Doug. Many of those coaches were Doug Peterson's coaches. These are not Nick Sirianni's coaches. These were handpicked by management. That may save his job, depending on how he answers the questions and the game plan. And by the way, I've got a dynamic in why and how he's going to keep his job. This has got nothing to do with picking up blitzes. This has got nothing to do with development of Jalen. This has got nothing to do with that. This is a structural cultural way of doing business. And you have to answer for that. Well, how come they couldn't handle blitzes? Because you hired coaches that couldn't understand how to defend a blitz? Well, who hired him? How he did. See, I don't think there's just one meeting that the owner's having. I think the owner's having Two meetings, one with Howie and why it failed, and one with Nick and why it failed. Because he has to answer too. One thing that owner has shown us, and by the way, John Ritchie, again, another puppet for the Eagles. I think he's one of the truly trend-setting owners in NFL history, 
he sets the bar and he you've underachieved in 30 years because of your incompetence and how you handle your egomaniac mentality that you have to have control over winning Lombardi's. John Ritchie's over his skis. He's not telling you the truth. Jeffrey Laurie is underachieved. The guy in Baltimore is a great owner. The Roonies are great owners. To some extent, the Mars and the Tishes are great owners. Bob Kraft's a great owner. Those are owners that are looking for Lombardi trophies, not control. Jeffrey Laurie is a really good owner to a point. Jerry Jones, his greatest moments are in his rearview mirror. Isn't that sad? If you're Jerry Jones, your greatest hire was 30 years ago, and you've not been able to duplicate that hire since. You've never been able to duplicate it. I think Howie has to interview also for his job. I mean, this week has been quite entertaining to watch and see how things are said and not said and how the Eagles do business. They wanted this to hang out there. They wanted to get a pulse of the community, of the national media, on how they perceived Nick Sirianni. And they're, then they're going to talk to the guy today, supposedly. I would also say this to you about Sirianni. Don't you have questions for those guys? Why'd you make this sign move? What compelled you to do that? I think that's a fair question. If you can't ask a question or are you not able to ask that question, that's all you need to know about the Eagle job. If you can't fundamentally ask that question and you're Nick Sirianni, that job may not be for you. That is a fundamental question. Why did you think when we were 10 and 2, you had to make that decision to pull that guy out as defensive coordinator and put someone in who didn't know the personnel, didn't run a scheme, and basically was giving us two different styles of defense all in the same time? Why did you do that? And get this. If that becomes confrontational, that could get him fired for that. Think about that. If he gets fired for asking that question, that's all you need to know about the Eagle job. It's not really a job. And it doesn't really matter who gets it. And it doesn't matter how much success you have. Because if you could take a team to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, they're going to fire you. Think about that. No matter what success you have in Philly, if you're the head coach of the Eagles, it doesn't matter. That's what we've learned this week. It doesn't matter. What does that tell you about how they look at the value of that coaching position? They don't. I want you to think about what I'm saying to you. I heard Tony and Rob talking about blitzes and shit. Ask yourself this question. How can you win a Super Bowl, take a team to a Super Bowl, and that doesn't matter in the landscape of keeping your job or not? Tells you all you need to know about the gig. It's not a great football job. It's a window dressing job. 
You're a fall guy. When they hire you, you have a four-year window to be the head coach of the Eagles, and then they're going to fire you again. Steve goes, it's all about results. No, it's not. Because if you give them the results, they still fire you. Or they think of firing you. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think the Eagles are going to address, if they kept, if they keep Nick Sirianni, do you think they answer and do a press conference at Sirianni's back as the head coach? Or do you think they just go on business as usual? How are they going to, like, are they just going to blow it off? Like the Mike Tomlin story? He was never going to be fired. Oh, really? How do you think they answer this? You think they just blow it off? No. You know, it's being reported that, um, you know, there's a meeting today. And that he's not going to have his year-end meeting with the press until next week. Okay. Sounds to me like they're just going to blow it off if they keep him. And they're not going to have, well, he's back. That's what pissed Mike Tomlin off. Mike Tomlin's like, I'm not going anywhere. Where'd you get that? Who made that up? <laughs> the Steelers, get this. You notice the Roonies never came out and addressed anything of that? That Mike Tomlin, they never addressed it. There's no press conference about Mike Tomlin coming back. There's only a press conference about a contract extension. Look how the Roonies do business. They weren't going to get out there and say anything. They had no notion of firing that guy. And get this, they don't feel they owe you an explanation on something that you may have reported that they weren't thinking at all. But the difference is, is that I do think the owner of the Eagles is thinking of firing him. Mike Tomlin was never going to be replaced in Pittsburgh. It was up to Mike Tomlin from day one, what he wanted to do. And the Rooney stayed away from that. Or, yeah, the Rooney stayed away from that. It's up to Mike. Whatever Mike wants, we want. I want, they wanted Mike back. He flexing goes, he can't lose his fan base. Let me put something to you this way, flexing. There's not a chance in hell if you keep Nick Sirianni or if you fire Nick Sirianni that the Philadelphia Eagle fan base is going to all of a sudden start boycotting Eagle football. Stop being like that. That's not happening. What do you think this is? Some sort of political conversation here? Republicans and Democrats and independents love the Eagles. It's the only place in Philly where you have 70,000 fans that go into one building, politics and religion aside, no one cares. It's all about green and white. No one cares. So don't talk dumb like that. Well, you know, you know, you can't lose the fan. Lose the fan base, he'll never lose. The Eagle fan base will never leave that team. They will never leave that team. They'll give that team more shit. But they'll never leave that team.
Can I tell you the number one question that will be asked of Nick Sirianni when he's in that meeting with the owner of the Eagles? What do you think the number one question will be asked? I think it's the only question that needs to be asked. If there's one question. The, and now, before you answer it, I don't know who told you that I'm out and trust I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Sirianni has to go. Okay. Hey, all I, let me ask you this. What will be the one question that the owner will talk and ask Nick? Who are your coordinators? No. Irrelevant. He's not hiring them. Who are your coordinators? Really? Nick Sirianni has no say in who the coordinators are. Nothing. He never has. Remember, it's a window dressing job. About Jalen Hurts? Owner of the Eagles is going to sit him down and go, all the assets, all the things we gave you in 2022, and the plan you executed in 2022 with all the players and coordinators we gave you in 22, why were you not able to execute the same plan? Remember what Nick said? We're not changing anything, really. They went into 23 with the same fundamental formula that they had in 22. He said it at the beginning of the season. Did he not? You know where he got that from? The owner. The GM. Why were you not able to execute the plan we gave you? Because that's what this comes down to. Him taking their plan on how they wanted to do business and how they wanted to do game. That's why they never deviated. Don't you get it? How many weeks did we talk? How come they don't throw screens? How come they can't pick the blitz up? How come they can't do this? How come they can't do this? How come they can't do that? How come they, because he was executing their plan and they didn't deviate off the plan. Doesn't it make sense now? And Nick's going to have to navigate through that. This is how I would answer if I'm Nick, if I want that job. Well, and here, here's something you got to think about. Don't start talking about last year right away. Because then guess what you do? You, you, you burn your leverage right away. You can't go to success right away. Because what do you do? You dilute it. You've got to address now and then save the great things you've done in the back end of this interview. You can't throw it out there right away because then they're going to hack at it. I'm telling you how to get through an NFL interview. If he bumbles this like he does those interviews and those press conferences, Nick Sirianni will be fired by next Tuesday. So I'll tell you how he should answer this if he wants the job. And I'll tell you 
how he will answer it if he wants to lose the job. First thing he's got to say is, hey, man, collectively, we just didn't get it done as coordinators, head coaching, and it starts with me. And I thought we would dig our way out of some issues, and we weren't able to do it. And once again, that's on me. The players, again, lost faith in the plan. I've got to somehow get that back in action to where they're buying into what we're doing and what we're going to do going forward. And the first thing I have to do is make sure that I oversee more and have more say when it comes to when we're in those games that we're putting ourselves in critical situations to be able to win games and to be a better play caller and situational play calling. We've got to all be better at this. You don't want to throw Howie into it. You don't want to throw the owner into it. You don't want to throw any of the hirings into it. You have to basically take the bullet right out of the gate and say, hey, but I believe that we can move this thing forward because you know why? I have a history of success here and I'm the guy for the job. Yes, things fell apart at the end. We did win 11 ball games and it was a horrible ending. 12 months ago, we were in the Super Bowl and as great as things went last year, things went horrifically wrong. And working together, I know we can write this because we have an organization that knows how to do this. You've been doing it for 25 years, Jeff, since you owned a team. And I'm very confident I'm your guy to move forward. Now, if he doesn't want the job, you come out of the gate. And the first thing you say is, and when they ask the question, how come you couldn't execute the plan we had in 22 and 23? Well, it started off from the beginning and it was wrong. We hired guys, in my opinion, that didn't have enough experience on coaching new faces on defense. And we gave Jalen a coordinator that wasn't quite up to the experience level that he needed to take him to a new level. And I think we overestimated Jalen Hurts that he would take the growth and still continue to grow, and he didn't. Hey, Josh Allen took a step back a second year. So again, all quarterbacks take steps back, forward, coordinators change. You know, we calculated wrong on the coordinators. And then I would say also, that indecision move that you guys made, it hurt us. And right there, he could be fired. That decision to move to Cy out of the sidelines and put Patricia in there ended the season. That theoretically ended the season, mentally and also spiritually in our locker room. It ended the season. Once the side was put in the box and in the broom closet, and once Sean Desai was put in the Howie Roseman broom closet, the season's over. Get fired. What they did to Nick Desai is the same. What they did to Sean Desai is the same thing they did to Howie Roseman. They put him in the broom closet and your season was over. 
you know, people want to point to one moment. There it is. It's not a game. It's that moment there. The locker room was lost. That's the moment. Because get this, you can take losing to Dallas and San Francisco. But the locker room was lost when they put that guy in as a coordinator because then no one cared. And you lost to Arizona, New York. I mean, Seattle. All of them look the same. And the Bucks. It was a self-inflicted wound that ended the season. And now, again, I think the leverage that Nick has is that I don't believe Nick made that call. Nick walks into that meeting knowing full well that they torpedoed their own season. I think if they would have left, do, do we not agree with this? If they would have left Sean Desai as defensive coordinator, they'd probably beat Tampa. I'm willing to say that. They probably beat Tampa. Tampa's going to get boat raced this weekend. They're going to get boat raced. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys didn't win the NFC East. You gave it to them because you laid down and quit. Think about this. You know how the Cowboys won the NFC East? The Eagle players quit. And the coaches quit. The whole organization took a massive torpedo and went down like the Arizona. Seriously, that thing was like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I mean, there was no surviving. Now, you know how you turn this around? You fire everybody. All those players on defense, get them out. And you, you, know, you know the problem that you have? You know, I heard people saying this. Hey, you know, you, you know, so I saw a lot of guys playing for themselves. Well, that's what you get when you hire a lot of mercenaries and you don't have a core group of people. Dude, when you have – let's take a look at this. How many free agents or trades do you have of people on your team of your 22? Swift is not yours. A.J. Brown is not yours. Let's see. Hassan Reddick is not yours. All three of your linebackers are not yours. Your two corners are not yours. Your safety's not yours. I mean, half your 22 are people you didn't develop. Half your team are people that you didn't draft. When you're, when you're a mercenary, you're caring about your job, increasing your value and your stats and your numbers. I don't give a shit about the guy next to me. When you're drafted together and there's a core, there's a reason the best part of your team is the older guys because they are all drafted around the same time and they were all homegrown, raised, and grown. That's why your leadership counselor are people that you, you, you drafted and developed. 
the Brandon Grahams, the Fletcher Coxes, the Lane Johnsons, the Jason Kelseys, these were guys that you drafted, 10-year-plus guys. Once those guys go, you don't have any 10-year-plus guys on that team. You have nobody. How about this? Let's do this for a second. When If Fletcher Cox leaves, Lane Johnson leaves, Brandy Graham leaves, If those guys, if Lane, say Lane does, if all those guys leave, who are your leaders left behind? Jalen Hurts? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I question that kid's leadership right now. Who else? Devontae? Okay. Who else? Who's your leader? If all those guys retired today, who's your leader on that Eagle team? Jalen, let me do this. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's been five days. Jalen Hurts has yet to say anything about Nick Sirianni directly. What does that tell you? Or doesn't tell you? And and you hear people say, well, I wouldn't read anything into that. Well, I would. Don't you understand that comes with the job description? Head coaches are tied to their quarterback. And quarterbacks are tied to their head coaches. You think any shit went down with Andy Reid? You think Mahomes would not say anything for five days? You think Lamar wouldn't say anything about John Harbaugh? And by the way, through that whole thing last year, John Harbaugh had Lamar Jackson's back the whole time. I probably went a long way with him. Now he's my man. He's our guy. We're not going anywhere. Only two teams called him and kind of had some interest in him. Now he's the MVP. Harbaugh had his back. Those two guys are thick as thieves now. Okay, I mean, this organization comes down to the owner. And the owner only. Why couldn't you get our game plan across? Then I would look at Howie and have our meeting. Howie, what happened? What went so wrong this year? And if Howie starts barking about coaching, well, you hired him, Howie. The analytics department, all that. You got to be careful there because why? The owner's son is in there. So Howie's got to be careful there. I think Howie's got a lot of landmines around him right now because he also has to have some – dude, he doesn't get off scot-free with this. I don't think that owner's going to allow that. Look, I don't think Jeffrey Lurie has been a spectacular owner. I think he's been a really good one. But I don't think he's dumb. Fire Nick is what I see with everyone. Fire Nick? For who? Nick Sirianni 2.0? You guys are not getting it. That job is not significant. It's not a significant job. The Philadelphia Eagle head coaching job is not a good job. You know why? 
It doesn't matter if you have success or not. You could be Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, and they're going to fire you. It doesn't matter. Their history is telling you that. Why are you fighting what they've done? This is not Cilio's opinion. Don't you get it? This is not an opinion. This is who they are. Even that dumbass Chip Kelly had a winning record. Why are you fighting the truth? It doesn't matter who the head coach is unless, like we said a couple days ago, course change, status quo. Well, Latino, I'm sorry I missed your super chat, but when I'm opening up with a monologue, you might want to hold up on a little bit. If you want to re resend it, I'll 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 say something on it now. I'm awake, are you? So again, blitzes. Lori needs to ask himself, if Nick was on the open market, fired, how many teams would want to hire him as a head coach? The answer is zero. I don't believe that. I think he'd get an opportunity to get a head coaching job. One, he's white. Two, he's a winner. Three, all he has to do in a job interview going, they fired Andy Reid and Doug Peterson. Isn't that all you need to know? Because then you come... Then the Eagles become a clown show. You fire Nick Sirianni without kind of cause, you're going to turn your head coaching job into more of a sham. Because then head coaches around the league are going to go like this. That's not a good job. Because no matter what, do you understand if you fire Nick Sirianni, you diminish the head coaching job. That's not a that's not someplace you want to be where coaches don't want the job. Shit, Washington looks almost like a better job right now. When will the news break if Nick is here or not? That's it, Khalid. I don't know if they're going to break any news. They may not say anything publicly. I, I tell you this. I think the Atlanta Falcon job's a better job than the Philadelphia Eagle job. At least the owner's going to let you do what you want. The owner's going to give you a chance. Arthur Smith had every chance to be successful. Hired his own people. Hey, he failed because he failed. He didn't fail because people above him failed for him. I, 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 You know I know Rich McKay. He's been on the program three times. He's the president of the organization and been friends of mine for 35 years. I know the president of the football committee and the competition committee. He's been on this program. You've seen him. I know how Arthur Blank does business in Atlanta. Sills, watch the last two Eagle games? Why? I could watch the last four Eagle games. They're all the same. Milton looks different. Players quit. Coaching quit. Whole thing. It's They stopped competing. That's the problem. If someone go like this, that's coaching. <laughs> well, then you don't really care about your job that much and how much money you make. Professional football. 
I'll talk to these guys like they're 12 years old. These football players are accountable as much as Nick Sirianni is for that meltdown. The the coaches don't get the credit for last year. And the players don't. You work together. You're in the boat together. You're rowing in the same direction together. When shit goes south, it's not Nick. And then you let the players off the hook. The players are as accountable for that shit box show as anybody else, including your quarterback. Your quarterback is awful in public when it comes to directly commenting on others in his team. Needs to work on it. Not very good. Okay? He really doesn't understand who he is right now, I don't think. Or he's got a selfish mentality. That I don't believe. But it's one or the other. Five days, you say nothing. Even a subtle thing. I love Nick. Being around Nick is great. You know what that endorsement would mean to the owner? To everyone? To others in the locker room? Just something so stupid like that. Never. Not out of him. And if you don't believe in your coach, that's an organization that gave you the opportunity. And that coach gave you also the opportunity. And they put and did great things around you last year. And all of a sudden, things go south. And the first sign of trouble, you bail. Hmm. Tells me a little bit about you too, kid. I just try to work this out together or no? Well, I don't believe in Nick. You did last year. Well, no, that was more Steichen. Yeah, well, guess what? I get credit for that too. For executing their plan. I'm not defending Nick here. But if you're trying to put people on an island in this conversation, you're way over your rails. They're all in this together here. Now, people, what they've done is they've taken life preservers and gone over here. Jalen's gone over here. You've got other players over here. You got the Howie Roseman's over here. You've got the owner watching all this. And you know what you do? You watch really how the mice. John Madden said something to me a long time ago. When the boat takes on water, all the rats come to the top and they start jumping off the boat. The ones that stay are the ones you want to go to sea with. Because right now, the rats are coming to the top. Do you understand that's what your owner's doing? He's allowing the rats to come to the top. He wants to see who's going to start talking more, saying things publicly. It's a brilliant strategy. It's a brilliant strategy. Let's see what happens. Who talks? Who starts pointing fingers? Who handles himself as a professional? Who endorses who? Who acts like a leader? Who doesn't? It's pretty smart. Right now, he's looking at reactions more than words. So Nick will stay. Will will we get rid of him when we start two and six? Or will JL keep him until the end of the season? Good question. Reason to fire Nick Sirianni, incompetent, inexperienced, 
His success regular season winning record came from more inexperienced coaches around him implementing a complement uh, philosophy blueprint, knowing game adjustments. Those coaches last year had no previous experience of being a coordinator in any way whatsoever, except for, I believe, maybe, maybe Steichen. None of those guys were coordinators. Shane Steichen was a wide receiver coach in Indianapolis. Then he became the offensive coordinator, I think, when Nick got the job in Indianapolis, and he was elevated to that. So it was Shane was more, in my opinion, that they were all position coaches at one time, very little experience at being coordinators. So when you say that experience, I don't know. Now, I will say they had more experience in this group that they brought in. And this was one of the first things I questioned when they made the move to hire all these coordinators. Are you really going to go with first-year guys for a team that's a Super Bowl team? And you just gave a guy $50 million. All of you, and I mean all of you, were giving me shit saying that, well, Brian's is, you know, Jalen's boy and all. I go, that has nothing to do with anything. And by the way, Desai has a great reputation. Fangio and Carroll speak highly of him. And for the record, Sean Desai was 10-2 and two when he got fired. He was 10-2. and two. Had beaten the Miami Dolphins, the Chiefs. Steichen's biggest accomplishment was developing Herbert. Gannon comes from the Zimmer tree. You're right. The previous uh, crew had limited experience as well. Right. They benefited from a shitty schedule that I pointed out last year. Shitty quarterbacking. And they dominated with experienced football. By the way, that doesn't diminish the roster <clears throat> that was put together. It was a great roster. One of the best Super Bowl participant rosters I've ever seen. I'll make a point to you. I think that roster, you could put almost on the same page as that team that lost the Super Bowl when Brady was 19-0. That roster was great, but they got beat because of lack of experience in the coaching staff. Show the side was done dirty here. And the players didn't respond well to it. You know, the, the whole the whole Darius Slay surgery kind of even comes more to head now. Sean Desai is demoted. Matt Patricia is elevated. And Darius Slay has, um, um, has an arthroscope and misses that game. Okay, I guess. You could have done the arthroscope in the offseason. I didn't even know that was a problem. I personally don't think Darius Slay wanted to play for Matt Patricia. Personally, I don't think Hassan Raddick wanted to play for Matt Patricia. You had a revolt on the what was left on that defense. And if you really want to go into a meeting and you want to be honest with the owner, players didn't want to play for Patricia. It was evident. 
I don't think it was Nick that they didn't want to play for. I think it was Patricia, and the offensive guy saw that. And I think Nick not defending Desai affected the entire locker room. Most coaches defend their coaches. Look at Wink Martindale. Told Brian Dable to go fuck himself after he started firing his assistants. Tony Dungy fired in Tampa because they wouldn't fire an assistant coach that he wanted, Clyde Christensen. Most coaches defend them. Nick didn't defend Desai. I really believe that's the problem. This isn't about blitzing and it's, well, it's about not executing the game plan because of the incompetence in coaching. Because when you do the same thing over, you're incompetent. And you don't have answers, which means you're inexperienced. That goes to the hiring of Howie. Here's the two things that happen. And tell me I'm wrong here. Howie Roseman built this team with poor personnel on defense and poor coordinators. Nick Sirianni, on the other hand, didn't execute the plan that they had in 22, like they said they were not going to change at the beginning of the year, and not defending the side and going along with the side being benched and fired and changed in for Patricia. No one wanted to play for Matt Patricia on defense. Isn't that evident? Look at the numbers. And by the way, has anyone defended Matt Patricia? Has anyone defended that move? Did you see Slay had to walk back his comments again about Patricia? Yeah, because Slay knows he's out. That's what this meeting is going to be about. And navigating around all of that. You see, this is more than one thing or that or blitzes and Jalen not seeing open guys or that, that that's all true. But it's the way you're going about how you do a daily job. You need more structural. There's got to be more structure. They lost their structure that they had in 22. There was structure in 22. They lost it. You know why? Because they didn't know how to get out of adversity. They didn't know how, get this, they didn't know how to deal with adversity. That's a coaching thing. It is. And you know how they dealt with adversity? They fired a guy at 10 and 2. Elevated a guy no one wanted to play for. The season's over. That's why it all looked the same at the end. I went back and watched those last four games. They looked the same to me. You know what that was? Lifeless not wanting to play, and really being pissed off about everything that went on. This was more about trust. 
This was about the players lost trust in the organization and in the coaching staff because of all those things I just said. You know, a locker room is a very frickle place. Anything can set it off. A guy kneeling, a guy praying, a guy racistly throwing emails out, a guy getting demoted, a guy being played he shouldn't be played. It's a funny place. And it, it's a very tense place. It's not a microcosm of society. I'm sitting next to a guy in Dallas by the name of Crawford Kerr and his young kids playing with his pencil on his desk in a team meeting. I told the kid, you might not want to do that because there's certain guys in that building that'll go dark on you. Kept doing it, jumped up, beat the fuck out of him right there in front of everybody. I looked at the kid. I told him, certain guys you in this room you don't mess with. Certain people you can have fun with, and there's certain people you can't. It's not, it's not what you think it is in them locker rooms. High intensity. High energy. A lot of wolves in that building. And if you do something stupid that sets off the chemistry in a locker room, you can end your season. Alshon Jeffries in one corner. Carson Wentz over here. All of that derailed that whole 17 team. Get this. The ego of the 2017 team, years after that, the two years after that, and the dividing of the locker room, your, your team was divided after that 17 Super Bowl. And then three years later, you won four games. Those NFL locker rooms are filled with alpha males, no nonsense to be tolerated. Let me tell you something. There's certain guys I've been in a locker room um, and you're, you're, you're sitting next to some of these guys, some of these guys have no sense of humor. You don't fuck with them. And when you start moving guys around and you start firing guys and you take them out of a routine, you're going to lose people. And especially when you don't have a core group of guys on defense that weren't drafted together and don't know anything. And they're there. Get this. Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow. They weren't playing for the Eagles. They were playing for their NFL lives. And when you're fucking around like that with their lives, miscommunicating, putting a kid who doesn't deserve to be playing in a, in a position like N'Kobe Dean, you're fucking with my livelihood. Those guys didn't give a shit about playing at the end. They only cared about their job security. Hassan Reddick being dropped in coverage. You think he cared about playing with the Eagles? Or do you think he cared about what they were doing to him and how he was putting bad film on tape? You guys have to understand the mentality of players that aren't homegrown. You can weather the storm. And if you have an authoritative coach, which you don't, See, when things go, do you know what happened, really? You know why you couldn't get out of adversity? Do you know why? Because you don't have a coach that the organization thinks highly of. 
They couldn't turn to anybody. And when they saw Nick not fight for him, they knew then. But they knew that from day one. That's why they're not mad at Nick. Dude, it's not Nick they didn't want to play for. It's Patricia. They're pissed at Nick because he didn't defend Desai. Telling you. I've been in too many locker rooms. I've seen too much of that shit go on. You know, Bill Walsh used to always do this to his assistants. Just to give you, Bill Walsh, and some of you may not know who he is. Bill Walsh was a guy who was one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, Hall of Famer with the Niners. They had offensive line coaches like McKentrick and all these guys. And do you know what Randy Cross and all them guys and Kevin Fagan and Ronnie Lott used to say to me all the time? Bill Walsh would get knee deep in those assistant coaches. You motherfucker, you not getting the best out of this guy. You get, he would undress the assistant coaches in practice in front of the players. You know what the players felt like after a while? Man, I better do the right thing because I don't want my coach getting his ass reamed out. Hey, I don't want to, I'm going to play my ass off because, and the coaches and the players became thick as thieves and they became one unit, D-line, O-line. Hey, I got to do this for my coach or Bill's going to get, he never ripped the players. He would get ass deep in his assistants. It's a way how to communicate. Bill Walsh would go shit nuts on his assistants. Certain coaches that have autonomy in the building. This is how Jimmy coached his, his, his football team to three Super Bowls. Two, and then he gave it off, and homeboy won one. You know what he would do? Jimmy go around to all the meetings. He'd go around to all the drills. He'd watch the D-line linebackers. He'd sit there he'd going like this and all that stuff. He wouldn't say shit, never played, called anything, took care of timeouts, and I think two-minute warning going into half and two minutes at the end of games. I think he managed all that shit. Other than that, he never did a play call ever in any kind of moment, any game, anything. Never recommended anything. He just listened. Defense, offense. Defense, offense. Both. Defense, offense. He'd get in that Monday meeting, and he would undress the team or the coaches all at one time. You motherfuckers, are you fucking crazy the way you fucking go out there and play like he would go berserk. Tony, what were you? I mean, O-line coach, D-line coach, Charles Haley, jumping off sides, all that. He would go berserk. Then Wednesday would come. It was another day. You don't have that in your building. You don't have accountability. So again, blitzes, screens. <laughs> this is a bigger issue. The owner of the Philadelphia Eagles is sitting back right now, and in my opinion, he's watching everyone and how they're handling themselves. Jalen, silence. 
Jalen Hurts has shown zero leadership. And if some will say this, he doesn't want to play for Nick. Okay. Well, that's very evident now. Okay. You don't want to play for Nick. Well, who do you want to play for, Jalen? Who's next? How can we make you feel better? You think they're going to do that? Well, yeah, because they paid him 50. Now, I'm going to get to something here in a second that kind of goes into the side of Jalen Hurts in this conversation here, and I'm going to do it. Let's do it right now. How much of the Carson Wentz saga and failure will play into how they're going to handle Hurts? Because personally, in my opinion, what they did to Jalen Hurts this year was Carson Wentz-esque. Like Buddy Ryan did when he punched Kevin Gilbride. Right. Don't talk shit to my assistant coaches. It's not going to happen. How much of that Carson Wentz disaster will Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman take into how they're going to handle Wentz or Hurts going forward? Because to me, I think they did as much harm to Jalen Hurts this year as they did in the success level of him earning, get this, last year he earned that $50 million. This year he earned a pay cut. Now, that's not happening, but he earned a pay cut. I'm awake, are you? Oh boy, not once again. Why? Oh boy, here we go firing a a successful coach again. See, what I'm awake, are you not getting? is that you're following the same game plan that you have for 20 years. Follow the same game plan. Oh boy, Wentz, how about this? Why don't we use the Carson Wentz saga and name him Carson Palmer? Name him Carson Widget. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're as predictable as a front office and ownership as you are on Sundays. Not really? Really? So you think you developed Jalen Hurts this year? You think they did a good job coaching Carson Wentz after they gave him the contract? Really? Really? Oh, it was all Wentz. I know. I know. He sucked. He was this. I'm not saying he didn't melt down. But I think they had more to do with that, too, also. Putting trash cans around him. Shit, the year he threw for 4,000 yards. They didn't have one wide receiver with 1,000 yards. I don't think anybody on that team had 1,000 yards with the year he threw for four grand. They didn't put the talent around him like they put around Hurts. I think the year he threw for four grand, tell me if I'm wrong. There wasn't a guy on that team with 1,000 yards receiving. How's that possible? You had 2,000-yard receivers the last two years, and you have a quarterback who couldn't throw for four grand in both years. How's that possible? Wentz never had the talent around him like that. And to some aspect, he never – actually, I'll make this point. I think Jalen had better talent, lesser coaching. Lesser coaching. 
Wentz didn't have a wide receiver that went over 500 yards that year. <laughs> and he threw for four grand? Okay. Here, here's what I'll say. Hurts has had less talent around him this year in the coaching aspects. And Wentz didn't have the on-field talent. Those are facts. Man, Carson Wentz didn't have a guy catch over 500 yards the year he threw for four grand. You got two receivers who went for over 1,000 yards, and your quarterback can't go for four grand. All right. That's a coordinating issue and a player issue and a non-developing issue. And by the way, it's not that Jalen Hurts has to throw for four grand. Lamar Jackson doesn't. Don't you get it? Lamar Jackson is a force in the league. And what does he throw for? 3,200 a year? Okay. You go 14 and three? That's Jalen Hurts' MO. But big play offense. You don't have to be a big play offense, Jeffrey. You think they're talking like that in Baltimore, high explosive plays? Or you think they're talking about winning games? Here lies the difference between Baltimore and Philly. You ready? One organization wants to win games and championships. The other one wants explosive plays and high-volume turnover plays. You got your high-volume turnovers. Sills, the problem appears to be culture completely. The Eagles have a culture, interchangeable coordinators and players winning covered up the issue. Said it all year. Hey, by the way, even people on my own channel and people around the country are ripping me going, Sills are 10 and 1. How many times you guys were posting 10 and 1, 10 and 1, 10 and 0, 9 and 0? And I kept going, it ain't what you think it is. I wasn't wrong. I kept pointing it out to you when you were undefeated, 10 and 1. And you didn't believe me. You bought into the record. Instead of buying into the substance. Dude, I saw this from New England. I, I, I had people killing me on my own network. When I was ripping a 10 and one team or looking at me sideways, this guy didn't know what he's talking about. All of a sudden now everyone hates Sirianni time to get him fired. I was saying the same thing. Week two, week three, calling him a cheerleader saying he's not smart enough to be the coach saying your coordinators are not experienced enough. I've really been doing this since day one. I told you it cost them the Super Bowl, the ineptitude of coaching. No one wanted to hear it. Now you hear it. And now all of a sudden, everyone's got the same opinion. This has nothing to do with Nick Sirianni. This is a culture issue. You think Nick's the problem. Nick is the easy fix. It's a Band-Aid. This is a Band-Aid. 
Cosmo, great question. Sills, what's your move if you're Jeffrey Laurie? I actually like the way Laurie's handling this. Let's see how these guys act. How Sirianni acts. Does he panic? Who does he get conversation with? I think it's smart that he reached out to Frank. Hey, by the way, I appreciate some of the publications picking up because many people watch the show, and I appreciate some of you guys picking it up that they have reached out to Frank and Nick has. It's his number one confidant. It's not really a stretch. By the way, I don't really think that that was breaking news. Do you? That he said that that is his number one confidant. I mean, did you really think that that was breaking news? I'm, I'm, I, Again, I'm not a reporter and I don't pretend to be. But I don't think that anyone thought that that was breaking news. Okay? Right? And it looks like potentially Frank Right, They're best friends. It's the guy he leans on. Okay. Thank you, Jose. Danny, why does Frank keep getting fired? Simple. Indianapolis, you have um, an owner that OD'd in December. And in Carolina, you have a owner who wanted to hire and draft Bryce Young, and he wanted C.J. Stroud. I don't know. You tell me. Is it that hard to dissect? I mean, you're working in shitty environments. But he took the money as any American would. So would I. And the opportunity. There's only 32 of these jobs in the world. You're not taking... No, that's okay. I don't want the head coaching job. Uh, that's okay. You're crazy. Nobody turns down NFL head coaching jobs unless you have multiple offers or you're Bill Belichick or you're Jim Harbaugh, somebody with massive leverage. You don't turn those jobs down if you're Nick Sirianni or Frank Reich. Who do you think those guys are? You think Kevin Stefanski's turning jobs down? Sean McVay? Maybe because McVay now has equity. Joe goes like this, addiction is a re- is, is real sills. I feel for, for Ursa. I don't. I don't feel for him because they'll suspend a player on the Colts for some sort of bullshit when it came to a substance he was taking to get himself better. But the owner can be OD'd up and have prescription pads in his car and $35,000 and the league does nothing to him. Sorry, I give him no latitude. Addiction? Dude, go see a doctor. I don't feel sorry for anybody. And personally, addiction? I'll say one more thing about when, when you, when that's a weakness. You got to work on it yourself. No one's going to help you. When you struggle with some sort of affliction, like depression or something, I've got to deal with that. Not you, me. 
I like how, and, and, and what does the owner do next? Do you bring him back? Do you not? I think if you fire him, I think if you fire him, I personally think if you fire him, you hurt the credibility of the Philadelphia Eagle job. Okay. All right. I'm going to take a time out here. We're going to go forward here. Don't forget my friend Tone is going to join us at 3.30. It's a great weekend. Divisional round is usually the best weekend in the National Football League, and it's the best weekend in football. Um, We'll talk a little more of that, some great matchups. What's next on both sides of the football? We'll take a look at that for the Eagles. What's Nick's leverage? And we'll talk to our friend Tone, like I said. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Our friends from the Newark, Delaware store, Hooters, is going to join us for a couple minutes at 4.30. Philly Godfather will join us at 5.30. Hit the like button. Don't forget. By the way, speaking of Hooters, don't forget the 24 calendars are out. And nine of the girls are featured inside the calendars. You're going to love it. I think one of the girls that's in the calendar is going to be on the show here today as well. Go to Hooters2Go.com if you want to get the great food. You can order it, take it back to your house. Hey, in-game this weekend on Saturday and Sunday for the divisional rounds, $2 off every pitcher in-game. A dollar goes to local charities. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. Don't forget the great happy hours Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, 6 bucks, 6 items. Lunch specials Monday through Friday, 1130 to 3, boneless wings. Kids eat for free on Saturday. NortheastTutors.com. That's NortheastTutors.com. And when you do me a favor, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one 
for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. National Football Show. Appreciate you coming aboard here. Um, let, let's let's flip this over more towards you know your owner doesn't get an well you know why the owner doesn't get a lot of shit because you can't replace them. That's why you can't pick on them. Okay, you can't pick on them because you can't replace them. So, do you trust them to do the right thing? You know, let me let me expand a little bit on John Ritchie's comment, the morning guy at WIP. He thinks your owner's been a great owner, and he sets the standard for ownership in the NFL. Is he right? Let me let me who would I call as a better owner than him? Jerry Jones, um, the Roonies, the Maras, Kraft, Viscotti in Baltimore. I don't think the York family's better than him. I don't think Denise and Jed York are better than Lori. I think he's better than the owner of the Niners. Now, you're talking to Bartolo. He's nowhere near it to Bartolo. Is Jeffrey Lori better than the owner of the Saints, Gail Benson? But she has really great management people in the building. Like Mickey Loomis is a better general manager than Howie Roseman is. John Schneider's a better general manager in Seattle than Jeffrey Lurie or um, Howie Roseman. Veach is a better GM. Like Clark Hunt, he's not better than Clark Hunt. Shit, I'm down to six right now. 
I do think he's better than the Benson family. Do I think he's better than the Allen family up in Seattle? Probably. It's kind of the same. Seattle and him are kind of the same. Um, <clears throat> so setting the standard. I, 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 hey, is he better than the Glazers? Glazers have two Super Bowls. They own Manchester United. I don't know. You're better than the Glazers. I think you're better than Stephen Ross in Miami. Are you better than Arthur Blank? Probably, because Blank has done not enough, and I think he's underachieved as owner of the Falcons. I did not like the way he handled the Michael Vick thing. Personally, I thought they should have backed him. And what I mean by that is let him go do his time and then bring him back. I'll just throw him out there like that. There was, you know, he made a mistake. I get it. And by all intent purposes, I'm a fan of Michael Vick today. And I'm an animal person. Will I ever forgive him for that? No, but I think Vick's doing everything in his power to change who he is as a man. Same with Ray Rice in Baltimore. I give people second shots at life. You don't. Remember, most of you don't. You say you do, but you don't. You don't. You kid yourselves. You give people second chances. Most of you believe in rehabilitation, but you don't. Someone can rehabilitate their mentality and their reputation, like Ray Rice. Okay? You can, but you refuse to let go. Got to let go, man. Well, I, I'm so proud of me. I'm proud to be a friend of Michael Vick's now. Some people can't let that go, though. I'm not saying you forget it, but people change. That's right. Hey, I'm awake, are you? I like the three-strike rule, too. Hey, man, I'll give you three strikes. I'll give you three swings at the title. You strike out once, you strike out twice. You strike out three times, third time, hey, you know, then we got a problem because then you're probably just an original idiot. And then we got a problem. But if you make a mistake, um, once I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the opportunity to rec to rehabilitate yourself. Looks like Nick's staying in Philly. Yeah, because here's the case. You know they listen to the show at the Novacare Center. Hey, Jeffrey. If you fire Nick Sirianni, no quality head football coach will take that job unless you extort him and overpay or you hire somebody nobody knows. That's why they get those guys nobody knows because they're desperate to get a job. Nobody with any quality would take that job because your job doesn't matter. Because if you win Super Bowls, you go to Super Bowls, you still fire them. Don't you? 
I, I hear people doing hours and hours and hours of radio asking what's next in this. And you're, you're, you're asking such a wrong question. What's next? It's do you trust the people making the decisions? You see, when you do that, then it starts to get personal. You see, here's what happened to sports talk. Sports talk radio today and sports talk broadcasting doesn't want you to isolate the problem. They want you to isolate blitzing, screens, big play, quarterback failure, lack of running game. Me? Who's making those decisions? Because that gets personal. Because then you're isolating. Who makes those calls? You see, you can always tell inexperienced people that talk. They talk about that stuff. I talk about who made that decision to implement and who's making the decision not to address the blitzing itself. Why are you doing it 18 weeks in a row? Actually, 19 weeks in a row. Why? Because it's a philosophical mentality. And it's a game plan that they instituted last year to this year. Dude, nothing's changed except the execution this year. Lack of pressure on the quarterback. Same scheme. Lower volume of pressure on the quarterback. Lower volume of sacks. Same scheme. What happened? You didn't execute it. You see, they think they have a game plan. And they put the offense in a box and the defense in a box. And they say, Nick, go make it happen with your guys. Here's all the tools we gave you. It's up to you to make it happen. Last year, his assistants were able to execute it because of numerous outside entities, poor schedule, poor quarterbacks, poor head coaches, the whole thing. 31st worst schedule in the league, all played into a and a good roster with veteran guys on it. You took care of business. Not really, though, because you never put teams away, and that bled over into 23 a little bit, too. Guy goes like this. I see LJ going. Now the time has passed. I'm actually okay with Nick. Who gives a shit Nick's fired or not? Who cares? Are you going to change? Dude, the guys that have to change are the owner and the GM, not the coach. The coach is a puppet. The coach, get this. The coach, here, if Nick Sirianni fired Sean Desai in season at 10 and 2, he'll never get a head coaching job in the NFL ever again. If he made that call, nobody in their right mind would make that call who was fighting still for the East and a home field advantage. Nobody in their right mind would make that call. No quality coach would make that move except an inexperienced non-coach owner, GM, or what have you, analytic guy, would make that call. 
Nick Sirianni's not firing anyone because he can't hire anyone. Asking all the weird questions is the not where you need to be here. The owner is, it's a mousetrap. It's a mousetrap right now. He's watching how Nick handles himself. They pushed the press conference for the season-ending press conference with the media to next week. Okay. Just to let it hang out there even more. During the divisional round. If you want Nick back, you have zero football knowledge. If I want Nick back, Nick's irrelevant. That's so... I've already told you my position. You guys are stupid. Nick Sirianni is not the problem. It's the way you do business. That's the problem. Don't you get that by now? Man. Wow. You actually think that job means something. It's the worst job of any of the job openings right now outside of Carolina, Tennessee. That's not, well, it's not open, but that's not a good job. Being the head coach of the Eagles is not a good job. I'd rather be the head coach at Penn State. The guy at Penn State doesn't have to win big games. He makes 10 million bucks. And he beats up on shitty teams in the Big Ten. You can win a you can win a Super Bowl or win an NFC Championship in Philly. Take a team to three playoff appearances and get fired. What does that tell you? All you need to know: the job doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hey, Seals, when, when they hired Johnson and Desai, you said the Eagles uh, had a fabulous culture. When did it change? Um, I said that they had a great culture because of the players. And it was wonderful that the players, but when the players saw that the head coach didn't back Desai and he made that decision and Nick was taken, we realized and it was exposed this year that we saw that the coach had no say. That's what got exposed this year, was Sirianni's power in the building. Because at the beginning of the year, everybody still always had that notion. The coach had some say in it. He has no say. Now we found out that the culture is not what it was. It was kind of like Tiger Woods' persona of how we looked at him until that November night. We were all snowjobbed. They got exposed. Let me bring my guy Tone in here now for the segment. Big sales. How are we feeling? Why can't people see these things? Because their emotions are tied into it. And look, let me not exempt myself. I'm a part of that as well, right? I'm constantly going through this internal battle of, trying to keep my fandom at bay 
and try to more so and more so assess these situations objectively and from and from a business perspective right and um i can understand why people look at it the way they do though so i so i try not to kill them um because it's, it's the old adage they know not what they do so overall this the, the, the way the philadelphia eagles are structured you said it best right it's not this isn't a if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty this isn't a coaching issue Mm-mm. this is a control issue mm-hmm. this this is a dynamic issue right because ultimately if, if, if we want to be honest we honestly don't really know who nick sirianni is or 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 what he's capable of because he's been under the thumb of what the of what the philadelphia eagles front office and ownership want to happen on that football field didn't and you that's learn more that's about Doug peterson in jacksonville than you did about doug peterson in philly of course of course because first of all you're in andy in kansas city you can learn a lot about somebody based on the situation they're in. And seeing, seeing Doug in Jacksonville told you flat out, he's a good coach. Period. He know he knows how to bring the best out of guys. He found a way to he found a way to rebuild Trevor Lawrence when Urban Liar could have destroyed one of the best prospects we've ever seen. Um Jags back to back winning seasons. You're Jags back to back winning seasons. Right, right. And then you know, Grant granted. You know, their second half of the season kind of went similar to the Eagles, you know, kind of just fell off. Was injured. But, you know, the quarterback was out with what? Shoulder, neck, foot, hip, Four weeks. ankle. He's been like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Wild I ain't going to lie, man. I think he, I don't know if he needs a better offensive line or he, or if he needs to get the, give her the ball quicker, but he yep. got destroyed this year. All of it. Um, But again, it's the Jags. To be able right. to have the Jags relevant like this. Right. You know, so that's a job in and of itself. But yeah, overall, the Eagles' job, it it can't be the most appealing because, and I said this to Rob earlier, they really can't afford to go in the to go in the market, the head coaching market. They really can't afford it. You know, as much as much as as much as I'm not a Nick Sirianni fan right now, as much as I as much as I can nitpick his, you know, what he does well and what he doesn't, what he brings to the table, the Philadelphia Eagles can't afford to go into the market again for a head coach because. What 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 precedent does that set that you actually are haven't already set? You fire guys that have winning seasons. You fire guys that win Super Bowls in three to five years. So what? How how is that an appealing situation for anybody if you fire Nick Sirianni? So you can make an argument they'll be better served keeping him. Yeah, well, the, like I said, the Atlanta job's a better job. I mean, the the Eagle job shows you if they fire him. And by the way, like I said, you and I and a lot of people that are around the organization, we see what happened. We kind of know. We hear. We listen. We talk to some players. All the, we, We're, we're kind of more kind of at the door. We're not inside yeah. the locker room. Yeah, yeah we're, we're adjacent. At the door. We're adjacent. We're like. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of them are kind of like 30,000 feet watching it and going, wow, this guy's really got a winning record. He's three years in a row. This. And that's how most people are going to look at this. And for me, if I'm on the outside and I'm an NFL coach or a prospect to be a coach, I'd be like this. So, shit, you're trying to tell me if I have a 670 win percentage and I uh, I go to three playoff games, I put a team 12 months ago in a Super Bowl and I win 11 games. And yeah, albeit we had a meltdown. I'm getting fired. Dude, I'll tell you what, you dilute your job when you do that. And what that does, mm-hmm. it diminishes that job going, well, shit, what kind of job title is it? Is it a cheerleading job? Is right. it a management job? Remember something. It is more of a department head job than it is a coaching job. You're like the head of a department, like a sales department. 
or like uh, um, a CPA department, you're not really a coach. If you're I'm just listening. not, you're, you're kind of, Tony, I'm, and this is going to lead me to the question I want to ask because right. I opened gotcha. the show with gotcha. this. The question that that owner is going to ask, in my opinion, is this fundamental question. Hey, in 22, we gave you all the tools and here was the game plan for you to go succeed. Here it is. Why didn't that happen in 2023? He's got to answer that. And if he answers it to the best of their ability and his ability, he'll keep his job. If he doesn't, this is the mousetrap. It's all a trap, really. It is. If you really want to think about it, um, he's not really going into those meetings with a leg stand on. He's going to have to answer for some things that are going to be really hard to answer for. And he's going to have to answer for some things that he may not have had to answer to. But this is when it comes to being a head coach and knowing how to navigate. Um, there, there's a lot of pressure on this meeting. And it can go, it can go awry, you know, awry really, really, really quickly. You know. And his responses. And, yes, yes. And his responses. Because here's the thing. Nick has to ask himself this. What do I want out of a head coaching role? Do Am I comfortable? just being a figurehead or do I want more impact on what we do? And then now that begs the question, okay, what has been his impact thus far? And if they're going to take more away from him at this point, then what is he? There's nothing to take away. He's just got to show he can execute their plan for him to keep his job. That's it's not about power here. Remember, stay away from the power end because he'll never have it in that building because control is the number one thing they're not going to allow or Denard Wilson would be your D coordinator. This comes down to how will you execute our plan? What is your strategy on executing the things and the tools we give you now, on me- what you did a year ago? And this is why I say in that meeting, when he talks to the owner, you better not come out of the gate firing about what happened in 22. Because you lose your leverage right away at the front end of the conversation. You need to take accountability on what happened right now, why it's not working, how we have to turn this thing around. Then you drop the nuggets. Look, I'm your guy. We did this a year ago. I showed you that we can execute the plan, albeit it fell apart at the end. I still mm-hmm. want, we still won 11 games. But with the assets of Howie and all the things we have in the analytics people and everyone else around them, I believe that we can write this ship and we're going to go in a positive direction. If he answers like that, he keeps the gig. Now, if he says this, well, here, I have one question for you because, and here's the most important question too, Tone. And I think he has a right to ask the question. What, what, what went into the decision to fire Sean Desai? Because in my opinion, Tone, that direct decision lost the locker room. That's fair. That's very fair. Rob Rob agrees, by the way. Rob Ellis agrees. If you look at the defense, personally, I don't think it was players didn't want to play for Nick Sirianni. I think players didn't want to play for Matt Patricia. And I thought that bled over to the offense. And I think everybody in that locker room saw exactly a coach, head coach, not fighting for his assistance, not standing up for him. Because, and by the way, isn't it funny? Nick didn't stand up for Sean Desai being fired. And Jalen hasn't stood up for Nick in five days. 
I think you know what, it all you know, goes you know what, you know what hand I call hand. that? You know what I call I that? Think I call it all that goes stuff hand in hand with what happened in that locker room. And I tried to figure out, and I was trying to tell you guys how a locker room, one dynamic, can send mm-hmm. that thing sideways. Right. Any little tiny thing. It's a freaky room. And I think right there, you had the kid not get an e-scope. You had guys saying, hey, I played the sticks. You had another guy going who was like having two wives. You have Hassan Reddick going, hey, I'm just told what to do. They didn't want to play for that guy. Yeah. Yeah, Nick, Nick is going to have to. It was that. Right, right. And Nick's decision not to defend the side, because you know why? He doesn't have the leverage yet. If he went, I'll tell you this. If he wins that Super Bowl. If he had beat that, won that Super Bowl and beat Kansas City, he'd have fought for Desai. Of course. And I'll say this point. If Desai's still the D.C., you beat the Bucs in that first wild card game. I'm willing to argue if he's the D.C., we beat the Cardinals, we beat the Giants. I'm I'm willing to argue all that. So, you know. Nick is going to ha- Nick is going to go in these meetings, right? And I think I think he's going to he, he, he obviously he's going to have to come in with a game plan, right? But the dynamic between Howie and Jeffrey is interesting because we all know Howie has Jeffrey's ear, but I also think he's been evaluated as well. Oh yeah, so, I think there's a meeting between him and right. the owner too coming up. Right. So likely, I think Nick is going to go into these meetings. And play ball. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Nick is going to go into the meetings. I think he's going to play ball. Tony, he got he's going the to, job playing ball. Right, right. And I think he's going to. And I think he's going to continue that. Right. You know, sometimes turbulence can lead to people. Can lead to people. You know, they start leaking oil. You know, their their emotions yep. start getting the better of them. Right. Yep. And I I think that's going to be his challenge. Right. In these meetings, trying to keep that trying to keep that personality a little bit at bay. When the meeting. Retain your job. Worry about everything else on the back end. That's that's how I'm looking at it. If it's me, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Make sure you get the job before you start barking opinions. You mm. know what I'm saying? Denard Wilson, get the job first. <laughs> and then start making your little tweaks. Yeah, no one wants to hear your ideas, Denard. <laughs> they want to hear why you want the job. This right, is right. what I so, would do. This is what we need to do. And I'm like, that's not going to... That's not going to help you in a, getting that job with those guys. Tell them what they want to hear. That's and right. Then, and, and, and then and then fill your way around the room when you get there. Isn't that a <laughs> shitty know? way to get an NFL job? You got to bullshit it's your the, way to get the gig. It's the shitty way to get any is job. It, you know, if I'm an owner, <laughs> I actually don't want a really good interview. <laughs> you know what I mean? I no, want a guy real. to go in there and almost be a train wreck. At least I go, at least he's genuine. Right, 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 right. I feel you on that, man. I feel you. You know, because uh, if you have a guy walking in going, Hey, I believe in everything that your organization is doing, and I know the structure you have, and hey, you've been really awesome to your players, and look at the facilities, they're unbelievable. Right. Why wouldn't kissing anyone want to all that ass? I'd, I'd be like this, hey dude, you, you know what, man? I mean, <laughs> if you want to walk around on your knee pads, I mean, you haven't even been handed them yet. Listen to this. I asked um, we had Dave Zangaro on the show earlier, and I asked him, uh, what do you think would be the first question Jeffrey Lurie asked uh Nick Sirianni in his meetings? He said um the first question he could potentially ask is why couldn't the team culture help you navigate these rough waters? Right. Now I'm carried now I'm, now I want to ask you, what do you think would be the first question? That Jeffrey Lurie asked Nick Sirianni the moment that no, he starts. No, I think the meltdown's the first thing. 
and okay. I, and and get this. Here it is, Tone. And this is do you keep the job? Do you answer this? Well, when we made the move to put the sigh in there, and he says we, remember? He could say you. And if he says words you, matter, he gotta say we. We. If we. you want to, here, watch this. Everything is we <laughs> if you want to be combative. When you guys made the call to move the Cy out of coordinator, or when we made the move at coordinator, nobody on defense believed Responded. in what Patricia was doing. Mm -hmm. And everyone in that locker room, it deflated them. Don't it, Tone, it all coincided with one another. Because after that, didn't all the games look the same? Sure did. Sure did. They, yo, they looked they the same to the locker room with that was a bigger move internally. That was a bigger than move than we, they, than than we gave it credit for. And what they thought it was going to be. Do you think we, you know, do we you didn't make we, more uh, of it either. And that, and that's what I was about to ask you. Do you think we underestimated the, yes. uh, the, the weight of that move? Because yes. I know I did. Yes. I know I did. Because at the time, I think we all were like, well, they're not playing well. Okay, we can understand the change. I think our biggest disagreement was the timing of it. Why are you making this change at this point in the season? But then you started hearing the players eking things out. Mm -hmm. Hey, I played the sticks. Hey, I'm played what I'm told to do. Hey, it's like having two wives. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I'm just out. I mean, you're hearing the guys talking and then having to walk much of the shit back in the week about how things weren't – and get this. You think there's any coincidence they went to two-gapping and your run defense went to complete shit and your pass defense even got worse that after a while the players were like this? Jesus, criminy. Not Listen only was it a poor fundamental move, but it was a poor structural move. When and I saw even the offense went like this. Nick didn't defend him. When I saw Matt Patricia, this is when I knew, okay, we, we screwed up, right? When – it, and it was in that Seattle game. When I saw Matt Patricia line up James Bradbury over that rookie wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, on the game-winning touchdown with no safety with no safety help, I was like, oh, we fucked up. <laughs> you hey, you want to hear up. it? You want to hear it? So the side would have never did that. The hey, side would never did that. You want to hear some of what players would say walking over the sideline after that play was like this? You walk over the sideline, you sit down, you sit with your group, your D-line, linebackers and your dbs you sit there man and i'm telling you, you know what you're doing you're talking under your breath like this why would we do that why would no we safety help on why a rookie with fresh legs and then you're hearing people all up and down the bench saying shit like that why would we do that i'm telling you man i mean you can't you can't fool these pro guys dude they pick up on all those tea leaves i'm telling you tone because the whole structure of the leadership went away when decide, okay, decide they 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 not look the Niner Cowboy game. To me personally, I, you know what I think the casualty of the Cowboy game was. I think the, I think the Niner game cost you two losses. That happens sometimes. Yeah, it cost you two losses. Okay, there's no excuse for Seattle, Arizona, New York. There's just no and, and really the Bucks. There's just no excuse for that. And the, every game looked the same. I think they became deflated when they saw their head coach didn't defend one of their own 
a guy who they had been in it with the whole time, put his ass on the line, and get this. I personally think those players in that locker room, especially defensive players, I think they all just went like this. Hey, man, remember something, Tone? With all those faces over there and all those guys over there, those guys weren't playing for the Eagles. They were playing for their NFL careers. And when you're putting me in a bad position not to succeed, there's a chance I put bad play on tape because you put me in a shitty position. You think Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow worrying about being an Eagle? Man, they're worried about being an NFL player next year. Mm. Let me ask you this. I was talking to John McMullen about this last night, and he believes the Super Bowl window for the Philadelphia Eagles has closed. Um, What's your thoughts on that? Because and again, he his reasoning is based upon they have so much to do on that defense. Um, they have so much to fix. They okay, basically well, need a whole, they basically need a whole defense. Well, well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. What do you think the landscape of the NFC is going to be? And and I think now I'm glad you said that. Detroit obviously got better. Okay. Green Bay is going to get better. <clears throat> um, the I Rams. It's worse. The Rams are going to get better. I think Dallas gets worse. I think the Eagles, they they aren't showing any signs of getting better. So how can I say they're going to get better? And right? they're older in key spots. And they're older in key spots. So Lions are getting better. Green Bay is getting better. Rams are getting better. Um, I don't know what the Bucks are going to do beyond Baker Mayfield, but overall, there there are there are three teams. And you don't know what Atlanta's going to look like if Belichick gets that job. Exactly. Because if Cousins goes down there. He could change that dynamic overnight down there. Mm-hmm. Some competent quarterback play with those yep. weapons and, yep. and that, and and, and that defense. In and, and the crappy division, yep, you're absolutely right. Literally, this the, the NFC is going to get tougher. It's going to get tougher, but it I may still, get – I still want to see who Detroit is. That's fair. I think okay. that's fair. I, I, I want to see them I, – look, I think Brad Holmes, the GM – and all those guys are doing great. I, well, Brad Holmes, he did his job. Together. He did his job. Brad Holmes' He's job. Right. He now, did his. Now it's about going out and fulfilling your destiny. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? What's going to happen? I think Minnesota is going to be an interesting look too. So here, here's where I'm going. Okay, okay. so the NFC we're going to assume is going to be better than it's been the last two years, moving okay. into 24. Okay, where are the Eagles in that? Well, dude, there's a ton of replacements over on the defensive side, they don't have to really do anything on the offensive side still, but you have to have a course change in how you handle that quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the defense is going to be a very interesting remake. Now, let's do this. You look at the NFC, and now look at the NFC East. Are the Giants going to get better? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Is Washington? I don't believe so. Depending who's hired – and what they do at quarterback. Will at Seattle or New Orleans get better? There. What about Seattle and New Orleans? Do you see Seattle and New Orleans getting better? If Dan Quinn gets that job, which I think he, he will get that job, mm-hmm. okay? If, if he gets that gig, it's going to be really what they do at quarterback. Are you going to go into 24 with Geno? Or are you going to start the process of looking at another guy coming up in the draft and trying to trade up to get a quarterback? Are you going to – new coach, maybe you want to go new. It's a great organization. John Schneider, 
is really a great general manager. And he's he's really a good one. Um, Seattle's going to be a nine-win team. Okay, San Francisco's not going anywhere for two years because Purdy's $870,000 contract. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Rams are going to get better. The Cardinals clean house, but it's the Cardinals. Yeah. You know, so I'm not there. New Orleans, what will New Orleans do? I don't believe in Dennis Allen. I think John- I don't believe in I don't believe in Derek Carr right now either. Well, here's what I'm going to say happens. You ready? I think what happens is Dennis Allen gets out to a bumpy start. John Gruden's named the interim head coach because he's going to be named the OC. That's why they fired that guy, Carmichael. Mm-hmm. And I think he becomes the head coach interim, takes him to the playoffs. He gets the head coaching job there. That could change that dynamic around a little bit. Absolutely. Um, I, I just – in the north, the Bears have to make a decision on Justin Fields. You know, the Bears are stupid. They think they're going to get a first-rounder for Fields. You're not going to get more than a third-rounder you're, you're, you're not getting a first-rounder for him. You'd be lucky to get a second. Yeah, right. And I think more of a third. And if you're going to get Caleb Williams, okay. Um, I, I see. Now, I'm not. I'm not bought into the whole Caleb Williams hype. I'm not either. I'm not. And look, I don't mean any harm. I don't know the kid, but to think, I don't look at him as just the savior, like everyone else does. Wait, what, what did he beat? And I don't watch college football like that, but he beat. I'm not no sold. One. On I mean, him. he couldn't beat. He couldn't win his own conference. And it. It. I mean, I don't know. So again, back to the Eagles. Their Super Bowl window. You know what, Tone? Have they because ever? Because there's a difference Bowl between window? there's a difference between being a playoff contender and a Super Bowl contender. It's a difference. Have so, you have they ever had a Super Bowl window outside mm-hmm. of the Andy Reid era? It was presumed that they did. Presumed. That's a good question. Have they ever really had a window? Because a window implies you have more than two or three years. So. Have they ever really had? Did you a think you had a Super Bowl window with Wentz? I, me personally, I believe the window was. Well, here's the thing, right? This is what they always say, or I heard this before. When you got a guy like Josh Allen, you always have a Super Bowl window, right? And the question becomes: Is Jalen Hurts that guy? Well, he, I think if they don't win this game against Kansas City this week, and I think they got to blow that thing up up there. Hmm. Matter okay, fact, you know, if not, I mean, I mean, blow it up where you you got to start thinking about bringing some people in there to help the kid run the ball more, get another receiver, mm-hmm. some more guys on defense. I know they're banged up injury wise, but you're not. How how many more years do you think you're going to keep that window open? Say, look, look at Kansas City, what they did. Kansas City took a step back to take five forward in the next five years. They got rid. I've told you they got rid of the wideout. They rebuilt the defense. They expanded the kid's window. Okay. Because they've got a better defense and they're going to add some components. Kelsey's aging. They'll probably add somebody there to get depth at tight end and they'll get depth at wide out. That's going to be an easy fix in KC. Because because they bit the bullet and they weren't afraid to trade right. Tyreek Hill. Now, and let they me still want Super Bowl biting the bullet. Right. And let me ask you this, right? What player on the Philadelphia Eagles do you think the Phil- do you think they need to bite the bullet on and maybe leverage to get some more assets? No one, th- no one talked about it like that. But, but who do you think the Eagles may need to bite the bullet on? I might dangle AJ out there. Mm, wow, wow. I was thinking more so. I was thinking about dangling Hassan Reddick out there. Okay, if you're because the, because the, because because the contract's coming up, 
Let's and, take this, let's make this look as in women. Okay. We if AJ is Sierra and Hassan Reddick is Jennifer Lopez. Who 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 are you calling first? Can I call him on a three-way? <laughs> uh, you can do anything you want on a three-way with them. <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh, but uh, you know what? I think you, uh, get more, I think you get more phone calls with AJ. You know, you would. No, you know, of course you would. You would. He's younger. He's he he's a he's a he's a he's a wide receiver. But how you know? detrimental then is that towards Jalen's Jalen, which is right, 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 which is why that too. <laughs> right, so that's why that's why I don't, I don't know if AJ would would work. Him and him and Hertz are kind of out of the hip now. You got to make me want to pick the phone up too, Tone. You yeah, know, that's true. You know, I I love when people always go, hey, you know, Trey Penny and this guy, and I'm like, Penny, are you crazy, man? You couldn't call me on an old payphone with that guy to pick <laughs> the phone up. I'm not picking a payphone up with that dude. You right, got to right. make me want to pick the phone call up and go because what are you looking for? Are you looking for a one? Mm, that's a good point. What are you looking for? Are you looking for a one? I don't really know. I was just picking your brain because I, I'm looking at Ken, I'm, I'm looking at Kansas City, and they basically, like you said, extended their window because they 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 bit the bullet on offense and they wanted to put, build that defense up. But they also have a quarterback that clearly has shown an ability to carry. Um, well, I don't let's, know. Let's Jim, pump the brakes for a second, though. Do you trust Howie Roseman to make those 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 corrections in the draft with those picks? That's. That's a good question. Or do you go f- see? Don't you trust him more in pro? I don't trust how we would. De- I'll be honest. I don't trust how we would defensive draft picks. How about this? I don't trust Howie with draft choices, but I trust him with pro personnel. Yeah, I, I think, think that's. I think that's fair. Job. I think that's a fair, a, a fair take because I mean because he Darian has, has been a great eagle. Right. He doesn't have a. He doesn't Redick's have a proven a great track record. Of, of hitting it like he doesn't have a consistent proven track record of hitting he's not consistent you know what i'm saying um especially on the defensive side he does well with o-lineman you know uh he, uh, he does does well with d-lineman um Devonte smith was a slam dunk the best wide receiver he's ever drafted by far he backed um, into him. No, no, well wait no they took him instead of taking um well, remember they wanted. Remember they wanted Sertain, but that's right. he they got picked Patrick up by Denver. Sertain. That's so they right. They traded back with Dallas. With and Dallas, and, and, and Dallas ended right. up taking the homie from Penn State. By the way, right. I'll take Devontae Smith over um, Michael Parsons any day. Now I would. I remember you. I remember you asked me that. Uh, like last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember. Yeah, now I would shoot, man. Micah did not show up in that game. He was nowhere Micah to be found. Did, did you know? Did you know Jordan Love? End of the season. Did you know Jordan Love wasn't sacked once in that game, dude? Not once. And I, I think he had one pressure. I'm I'm sorry, but last there's no two way years, you got game. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons on your edge, and you didn't you didn't hit him once. And it's That's, not like the Packers are a front line O line. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't so um yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Um I wanna I wanna ask you about Jalen because you know, Nick Sirianni aside. Five days, dude, he has said nothing. Right, right. 
but I, I'm, I'm talking more so about uh, on the field. Um, okay. He, I think me personally, I think he has a lot of work to do this offseason because. What's um, the number one thing he's got to work on, you think? I don't think he hits the middle of the field enough. He has the, it's so much real estate he doesn't take advantage of in the middle, you know, between the hash marks. It's so much real estate he doesn't take advantage of. You know, his passing chart came out from that from that Tampa game, and they were comparing it to um, the passing chart of other quarterbacks that were in the playoffs, you know, that week. Almost all his throws were outside the numbers, outside the hash marks. He by does design. not, he does not throw the, which, which tells me it's by design, exactly. Which tells me it's about design. Either they don't trust him to throw across the middle, or he refuses to throw across the middle. It's one or the other. Those are higher. Those are lower percentage completion plays on the numbers. But the but but if you want to be considered an elite quarterback, you hit those. And that's and and that's where and and that's the crux. Can he tell you how I would fix him? Okay. You've got to kind of take a Ben Roethlisberger mentality with him because of his athleticism, and you need to use it. Dropping him in a seven-step, in my opinion, if you look at him fundamentally and he doesn't really like or they don't like him throwing across the middle, they need to move him around more in the pocket for him to create passing lanes because what that'll do is also keep that Mike linebacker in more of a in, in, in more of a spy and keep him there instead of dropping. If you move him around, the one thing Roethlisberger used to do exceptional, Roethlisberger didn't really like to get up the field, but he would move laterally, and mm-hmm. he would create passing spaces, and he would open his wideouts just by his head, by his feet, and you could create passing lanes doing that. They got to use his athleticism more. Move him around more. He likes to go to his right. All right, move him around to his right a little bit more. Put him on the hash over there. Let him move around back there a bit and let him slide, set his feet, and then create passing lanes. I also think that what they need to do, you know, the one thing that I don't like how they approach their their schemes and how they approach their 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 passing, their passing routes. I mean, dude, go underneath, hit underneath. Five yard passes can lead to 10 yard passes. Don't be afraid of your special teams. Hit Brady did that forever. He, you know, Brady was not a plus 25 guy. Why in the world would you try to turn Jalen into something that doesn't result in winning championships when a guy who showed you how to win championships and multiple championships? To me, I'm going to use a fundamental. Let Jalen make the easy passes. Let him get the easy passes. Five-yard pass, 10-yard pass. If you start saying this, Sills, he's a check down bitch. Great. Josh Allen's turned into a check down bitch and they have lost one game. They're six mm-hmm. and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what this game is because why? The linebacker position in the NFL is not as talented as it once was. Dude, places like Baltimore and San Francisco and Anomalies. when they're healthy in Buffalo, they're outliers. Places are novelties. Yeah, they're outliers for sure. Yeah, you're right. You're most 90, 85% of the time you're going to be going against people who can't cover. You, you need to figure out how to give him not the explosive play, 
but the easier play. Let me make tell you it, this, Bryce. Make his life easier for him. I, I got something for you. Um, Rob told me this stat earlier, and it blew my mind. Did you know um, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, when it comes to um, yards of separation between them and the defender, did you know all three of those guys are ranked at the bottom of that category of at their, at their respective positions? A.J. Brown, you would think – with his talent, he would be top, he would be at the top of the list in terms of yards of separation, but they're not. So what does that tell you? That tells me these guys have been producing. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In situations where their coaches have not put them in positions to get open, Make they've been getting up. open. They've been getting open on talent alone. Can you imagine one on one? Can you imagine if Devontae Smith and AJ Brown Dallas Goddard had a coach that knew how to create separation for them? Can you imagine if Kyle Shanahan was scheming the offense of the Eagles? I think the Eagles have. If you had the right person in the building, the Eagles would probably be the hardest team to defend because you of the combination did. of. Here yeah, the Eagles with that combination of AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, because of their skill sets, they are easily the hardest personnel group to defend. They're so hard because they have a combination of power, speed, route running, hands, um, uh, being able to catch the ball at the top of the catch point. They have such a wide scope of uh, of skills between those three guys. They are arguably the hardest guys to defend in the NFL if utilized properly. Look and at they have the not Bucks. been this year. Look at the Bucks offensive coordinator who's a candidate to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Look at him, how he got those guys open. I mean, think about Green Bay. <clears throat> how, Green I, Bay. Watched, I, I watched that Green Bay Dallas game from beginning to end. The windows, the space that these guys were able to create was astonishing. Yeah. And, and, and none of those guys are as talented as. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, none of them. None of You're them. You're not utilizing the skill set of your own players. If you told me you had, listen, if I told you. So you're telling I'm, me, A.J., you're telling me A.J. Brown's got 1,600 yards on one-on-one pass routes. Can you imagine if he actually had, like, the guy in Miami? 
Exactly. He might get 2,500 yards. Exactly. So, look, if I told you, yeah, you, your team, on your offense, you have Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jordan Milata. Oh, by the way, you got Landon Dickerson. And then you got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And you got an up-and-coming quarterback in Jalen Hurts. He's still raw, but he's very talented. Uh, if I told you that was your offense, what do you what do you think I'm expecting you to do with it? Um, I would say this to you: There's only one offense in the NFL that I would say is better than you, and that's the one in Kansas or the one in uh, San Francisco. That's it's, it. It's in, and, 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 and in some in, area, the mar- in the margin is slim, slim, paper thin. So, 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 how do we get here? Someone is not doing oh. their job. It's one guy. One guy. It's the owner. Mm-hmm. They're in their own way. They're in their own way. He's, and I kn- he, he, okay. If Nick stays, and by the way, I think I think I think he is going to stay. Honestly, I think he will. I, I'm, I'm telling you, if they fire that coach, you that job will become a leper job. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, because they, no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. What if what if they give him every opportunity to keep that job in those meetings, but he just talks himself out of it? They don't care. Tone, mm. do you really think they think that head coaching job is a really big priority job? Or do you? Clear, I, I think they believe based on their decisions, job, they don't. Based I think they think it's an important job to get their message out. Right, right. They look. But they they look at the winning. Yeah, I don't. They look at the head coaching job as an extension of them. Let me let me let me show you how insulting that job is. You're doing your job, Tone. And you're you're doing a great job. You're ten and two, had a couple bumps in it. All of a sudden, your boss comes in, and fires one of your right hand men without even telling you. Says, "Hey, we're firing this guy. I want you to have him walk in." And you're firing him, by the way. And he's a guy who's produced for you. And you got to have a conversation. And you're being told to fire him. And you're still fighting for home field. Any NFC East, mm-hmm. and you got to fire somebody. Oh, by the way, don't kick him out of the building. Um, you know, put him in the box and put him in the Howie box. And you know, but you have to do it. How insulting is that? That somebody would come in and knock on your door, and make you when you're trying to balance the ship and you're trying to steer the ship out of rough waters, that they make your waters even tougher by telling you to do something you don't want to do, but you're going to do it because you have to do it or you don't keep the job. What kind of, that's insulting. I mean, now, I mean, now we see why Doug left. It's insulting. It's insulting. The Eagle job's an insulting job when you have someone parachute in. Like, and and by the way, like I heard you say with uh, Rob, really, man, if you wanted to make it seem a little bit cloak and dagger, get to the buy and do it. You, you, right. you, you could have given yourself two weeks of smoother waters to talk to the players and all of that, but at, especially you, you when you already made it so much tougher. It made it even worse. Like when a report came out saying, "Yeah, they were already talking about it back then." So why did you make the damn move? Why wait until you're in the, you know in the thick of get, you know seating and starting to lock in with the playoffs? Why wait until you get to that point? Why? 
Why such a why such a team up for failure at that point? If you didn't make the decision when you first thought about it, don't make it later on. And and, and all of a sudden wait for him to face the Niners and wait for him to face the Cowboys and say, oh yeah, he, he's not good at his job. Last time I checked, his defense did okay against the Dolphins when they were at their hottest. Um, last time I checked, um, his defense Chiefs did at home beat the Chiefs at home, shut them out in the second half with so Kelsey just, and Jones. Exactly. So it's so it's just. They, for him to accumulate that stretch of success, some some level of success, and then for you to just off him for two games against two of the hottest teams in football, after your team is coming off of a game where they played a hundred snaps, come on. At that time when they, at that time when they blew out and did all that shit to Sirianni, he was twenty four in the regular season. He was 24 and four. And you parachute in and you tell him to have to fire somebody coming off of an emotional game like that, going into the Cowboy game. And you tell me if you don't think that that rattled and upset the entire locker room. Get this. When they already, when they already were questioning their confidence, you were 24 and four. That's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, it's so funny. When you really couple everything together, they lose to the Niners. They begin to they begin to start questioning their confidence. They lose to the Cowboys. They begin to start questioning if they're even a playoff team or a Super Bowl contender. Then they lose to the Seahawks. But before that, you fire short aside. You you literally pulled the rug from under your team when they yep. were at their most vulnerable. Yep. And they literally imploded. And, but get this. They didn't respect you enough to see it. They didn't well, respect you enough. Howie yeah. and the owner didn't respect the uh, uh, Sirianni enough to not upset the room because they thought they were more right than upsetting the room. Fuck the players' mentality. They didn't care, Tone. They only cared about what they thought they knew what was in the best interest. Wow. Tone, tell me. It, listen, if they had shown guts in any other game after after the um, – Cowboy game, we'd all go, I don't know, Sills. They did battle in this one. They didn't battle in one game after that. Sure, they, they didn't at all. At all. No, no, no battle, no fight left. And um, I think you said I think you said it earlier, right? They stopped believing. They stopped believing. You know, well, but part of me still stop believing and stop trusting. Yes, yes. That's what you said. Trusting. Right. They 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 stopped trusting. And but, tell but me if part you of me don't still, think that this coincides with this. Well, and this is where maybe Jalen has an ass with Nick here. Well, Nick didn't support Desai. Why should I support Nick? Because that's a good, that's a good point. how about this one, Tone? Because if I support Nick, that means I'm not supporting the locker room. Mm. I think Jalen may be looking at it like this. I want to support the locker room. Because we all thought that was a poor move. Nick okay. didn't support the side. See, he may we we may not be looking at this right. Jalen may be looking at supporting his teammates because everyone in the locker room probably dude, everyone kind of talked about it, how they didn't think it was a good move. Everyone's hinting at it. Everyone's right. kind of you know it's funny, everyone's kicking the can down the road a little bit on it, but they're little bringing it up. And so Jalen's like this if I support Nick. That means I'm supporting management. And the decision that they did with Desai 
and everyone in that locker room didn't think it was the right move. And I get it. I totally get it. That locker room, that that locker room is not a microcosm of society. That locker room is some of the craziest. Um, like you said earlier, alpha dudes. I mean, some people have great personalities. Tone, some have none. Some people you cannot mess with. Some you can. And you got to know the room. And if you don't know the room, well, then you better get in there and find out what the room is. But see, they didn't give a shit. Nick knew the room. And as soon as that stuff went sideways, all the games looked the same. Nobody trusted anyone. Nobody believed in anyone. And nobody wanted to play for Patricia. Yep. They did not believe in Matt Patricia. And I'll tell you, Slay, too, getting the surgery, the micro, the microsurgery, the, the scope mm-hmm. and all that, they didn't want to play for him. Hassan Reddick was doing this. You're dropping me in coverage. I'm just Yo, doing, I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing I, what I, I'm I forget what game it was, but after that game, they kept asking him certain questions. He was like, "I, I don't, I don't know." Doug, I don't no know. one wanted to play for him. He was the straight. I don't know. I, I never heard. Am I off? Now look, this is my opinion, and this is my think, take I, on it. I don't, I don't think but it's do off. You, do you really think those guys wanted to play for Patricia? And here, here's this: they have the worst defense in the National League since he took over. They didn't want to play for him in Detroit. Any coincidence to that? They didn't want to play for him in Detroit. So clearly, right. so clearly, there's a disconnect between him and his message and players. It's, players. Right? It's, 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 it's a clear disconnect. He's not a player's coach. He's not. He's not. He's a um. And that was in Detroit. He's married to he's married to his system. He's married to his X's and O's. No, he's he not. Believes, he's married. He's he's married to Belichick. Yeah, that, yeah. Yo, it's a rumor that he might be he might be going with him to Atlanta. He better because that's the only place he'll get a gig. No, or or right. Billy, you think they keep that guy? No, hell no. As a matter of fact, on the defensive side, I know we talked about Leslie uh, Leslie Frazier. Who else? Who else are you interested in? Well, that guy in Michigan, because he worked with both Harbaugh's mentor. I like him. I don't think the Georgia guy will leave because he makes four million. Mm-hmm. Um. Nard Wilson. You think um, you think you think he would consider coming back here? Tone. Well, you said it, you said, matter of fact, you said it yesterday. You said don't take things personal. Yep. And um, what else you said? Don't take it personal and don't and, burn bridges. Don't burn bridges. And and and, and, and 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 hey, listen. And, money, money, you know, money. Scratch, money. Hey, you know the scratch makes a lot of things go away. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, you know what, man? I'm really upset with the way they. Okay, I'll give you an extra million and a half. Oh, okay. Everything's better. Hey, let's, let's go to dinner. <laughs> let's go to dinner all yeah. meal. Let's, let's have some fun tonight. <laughs> hey, how about this? Like, right, like Deshaun Watson goes, I'll never play in my entire life in Cleveland. Never. Where's $230 million guaranteed? <laughs> what time are you flying me down, Jimmy Haslam? Right. I mean, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. By the way, um, I, I would love to go to the Cleveland Children's Hospital. Whatever you want. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, I, jumping out the window for Cleveland. Hey, oh, whatever okay. you need me to do. Absolutely. So, dude. You know, and and, and 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 listen, you know, I'm just I'm teasing you guys right, when course. you guys are talking about blitzes and this and I'm going like, man, this is bigger than that. Oh, yeah, this for is sure. gonna come for down. Sure. Are you playing ball or here? I'll make it simple. Are you playing ball or not? That that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to 
are you going to play ball or not? And he's Let's already simplify it, Tone, right? Yep. Hey, are you in or you out? Are you in or you out? Sounds like a mafia movie. Are it, you in or are you out? Are you in or are you out? Hey, you know, this isn't like the Salvation Army. You know, when you're in, you're in. You know, you don't get it. There's no retirement pay. And you don't get to go to Florida, okay? You don't get to go to Florida when you run a family and you're a captain. You understand that? Right. Like, you know, 401k policy. The only policy we have is canceling dudes. And we could cancel your ass easily. And so, like, you're either in or you're not. I told you I had an uncle that used to do this. And I would go, my grandfather would go, get away from that guy. And I go, why? Uncle, what he goes, yeah. I go, what are you doing? He goes, and my watch. I go, what do you do for a living? He goes, I cancel policies. Got to get in that hole. <laughs> I cancel policies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm my telling goodness, you, man. Tom. So, look, here's, here's, here's what I think he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's watching. John Madden, I, I said it earlier on the show. John Madden told me something years ago. Yeah, you want to watch all the rats come to the top right now. Boat takes on some water. All the rats start coming to the top, Tone. Mm-hmm. You see the rats. And the ones that come to the top that don't jump off the boat, those are the ones you go to sea with. He goes, but when boats take on water, rats come to the top because everyone's looking to jump off the ship. And right now what he's watching is he's watching how Jeffrey is watching how Howie Nick, the players. Mm-hmm. That's why Jalen's. You know what? You know what? You know what it reminds me of now yeah. that I'm thinking. Jalen's standing under the bullets. He he's a smart dude. Listen, he's not. He's a well prepared dude. He's. That's I, I tell I tell I tell people all the time. Oh, man, dog, look at me. Watch this. That, that, That's a thing. Right, right. When he said oh, that, man. I was like. You're when he said kid, that, man. I was like, "Oh, okay, really, Jay." Like that. I was in my mind. I'm like Jalen. You, you, you could be a little bit more inconspicuous than that. Try to be a little more coy than that. Yeah, <laughs> come on. He, he was like, oh, wow, I didn't know he was going anywhere. Yeah, okay. What do you mean? Yeah, no, dude, you come got two hundred fifty million dollars in your bank account. You ain't dumb. You're a corporation now. Listen, That's listen, listen two hundred fifty yeah. million dollars. You know what? Oh yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no oh, idea. No, t- t- hey, I guess you want to pull dumb athlete out when you need it, and there it was. I <laughs> he was said, like, he said, what? <laughs> I was like. Come on, man. You know, but guess what? No. He's not a very good liar. Of course, of course not. You know, but hey. but here here's the here's the thing. Hey, so what do you think of Nick Sirianni? Well, you know what, man? I like everyone in the building, and I really have a lot of faith in everyone in the building. I don't really know if that's an answer. Exactly. That's the lawyer's answer. Exactly. Look, I like I say it all the time. Jalen is a very calculated individual. And what here's here's the funny thing about it. That answer was actually on brand. It was on brand, but the but the circumstances obviously make it worse than what it is. But that's a typical Jalen Hurts answer. If we're being honest with ourselves, it is. It's on brand, and I'm. And it made me laugh because I'm like Jalen. You know damn well what's going on right now, and you play, you can play dumb all you want, but at some point you're going you're going to you're going to have to answer something because we'll, you think the owner. Do you trust the owner to do the right thing? John Ritchie goes, 
guy's a great owner, man. This guy here, he's uh No, I don't. I don't. I don't because 30 years won a Super Bowl. <clears throat> 30 years won a Super Bowl. And not taking the head coaching position serious. Do you think that that's been the reason they have not won multiple Super Bowls is because they don't empower their coaches? Well, Andy was empowered to the brink. Andy was controlling personnel. Andy was controlling the draft. That's when he was a young owner, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. He know, was so he learning about control. Because look, look at Jerry. Jerry was more worried about the business aspect of getting the mm -hmm. Cowboys out of bankruptcy. You see, that's why Jim. That's why Jimmy won. You know why? Because when they took the Cowboys over, they were losing money. They were. Do you know the Cowboys were losing like a million dollars a month? And Jerry had to turn that thing around business-wise. He got the Pepsi logo on the field. He was he was so in, but when that was fixed, that's when it became the meddling. When when he put his structure in, Lori, being a young owner, coming out of the Norman Brayman thing, trying to change the direction of what the fans thought of Eagle football. You've been spoiled because this guy's been a really good, structurally sound businessman on how he got that thing turned around. Mm -hmm. You know what he did? Hey, we're going to do the one thing that Norman Brayman couldn't do. We're going to have not only strong defensive fronts, but strong offensive fronts. And we're going to invest in that my entire time on ownership. That's what's kept him competitive and in the game is not the fact that he's had top flight quarterbacks, but he's had top flight lines. Dude, that 17 season, I said this. It's got to be one of the greatest combinations of depth and O-line and D-line I've ever seen. Yeah, at that time, yeah. All I right. mean, they were just over-the-top sensational. Definitely. And so, and, but that's a structure that was built that way. So you think – so you because, like, two coaches in a row, Andy and then Chip, he clearly, he clearly empowered those two people. He did. But then – after Chip, it was almost like he got scarred. You know what I'm saying? It was it was almost like it was almost like he realized the fault in his decision. And you know, you, you know how you know how like you get treated so bad in a situation where it kind of makes you skittish in other situations. That's, I, I, I think that's I think that's where where, where he is right now. Well, I'm they gonna were, tell you one they more were time so about they were beat down so bad by Chip's presence. I think it's made them skittish in terms of power structure, control, all that. And I think that's a flaw in his approach. Agreed. Because to me, when Edison was making the light bulb, someone asked him, what about it? He goes, well, I found out 2,000 ways not to make it. And so can you imagine if a guy all of a sudden got skittish in an approach on trying to create the light bulb, he would have quit. Well, exactly. I think you got to keep adjusting, figuring it out, keep reinventing yourself until you get to yes. And I think that's I don't the problem. Think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you bail on something and you quit on something. And to me, I think look at the coaches; they quit on their coaches. Do you do you trust Laurie to reinvent himself? Um, because also keep this in mind: he's setting he's setting it up for he's setting it up for his son to take over. Do you think because he knows his son is going to take over at some point? It's more important for him than ever to establish a sustainable trend. 
See that right? See what you just said right there? That's the one thing that's missing. That's the one thing that's missing in his ownership is that sustained success is not there. Okay. And I mean championship. You know, I mean, it's one thing because you can quantify it and dissect it and go, well, Sills, they win 10 games. They're the best team since 2000 in the NFC East. They've won more playoff games. That's all well and good if that's your mountaintop. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all well and good if you're trying to talk to some investors, but that's not good when you're trying to sell hey, fan base. How, how about this? Is is it a good performing stock, the Eagles? Yes. Is, is it a blue chip stock? Yes. In the grand scheme of the NFL? Yes. You know, you haven't, like I said, you haven't had a losing coach since he's owned a team. I mean, there's levels of success. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Tony, I got to take a timeout because we're going to yes, get sir. a girl from the uh, Delaware store in here in a couple minutes. Yes, sir. And I want to take a timeout here. So let's take a timeout. Hit the like button. We'll reset everything. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Jim Harbaugh's telling Michigan, you can't fire me, which is insanely cool. He, he's, he's flat out telling them, you can't fire me. If you want me, you can't fire me. Talk about brass cojones. He, he's telling Michigan, listen, you can't fire me with cause. Because if I do things that are a little shady, Belichickian or New England way, that's just how I do business, and you're going to have to tolerate it. We may have Deflate Gate. We may have Spy Gate. We may have all those gates at Michigan. But that's the price of winning. And in today's college football with nil, I'm going to do everything I can to stretch the rules because I have no respect for the National Communist Association of America, and nor do they me. I am the modern-day Jerry Tarkanian. So if you're comfortable with that, I'll sign your 10-year, $100 million deal, and you can't fire me with cause. And if you do fire me, you owe me $100 million. It's up to you. Or you can go back to the Brady Hoke days. Pick your poison. Here's the pen. That's called leverage, my friends. Raiders closing in on a deal to hire Antonio Pierce as their head coach. Um, they must have sent feelers out to um, Belichick because of Brady's relationship. He's got now business equity in the Raiders. And here, here's my take on Antonio Pierce getting the job. It's a sentimental hire. Do I think he's qualified to be the head coach of the um, Las Vegas Raiders? Would I have wanted someone else? I would have wanted someone else. Just because the players want somebody, that doesn't necessarily mean it's in the best interest of my organization. Having the players pick my team is the worst idea. I don't care. Are you qualified and are you good enough? Did he do a good job? He did. Could I have had a better player or person as my head coach? Probably. Okay. The Versace nightmare, they should have given that job to him then. But Mark Davis has been, it's been a train wreck of poor coaches. It's been a train wreck of absolutely poor coaches since he's been the owner of the Raiders. Actually, I thought Del Rio did a decent job. Gruden, to some extent, extent did a decent job. McDaniel was a nightmare. Antonio Pierce, again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this just shows you here about how you look at what kind of guy you want in as your head football coach. I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of the hire. I think you could have got somebody better. I think you could have got somebody more qualified. Um I'm not a fan of the hire. 
I want people that are qualified and have put the time in to become the head coach and to become that guy. I need an offensive-minded guy. I don't need a defensive-minded guy. I need a quarterback in the building. I need a quarterback coach. Um, I don't think he has enough experience to be a head football coach. Now, someone would go like this. Well, Sills, he's a former player. I get it. Deion's more qualified. If you hire Deion Sanders as the head coach of the Raiders, I'm good with that. Deion's put the equity in at Jackson State, Colorado. I mean, he's done things differently, but I would – Sills players love AP. I don't give a shit about that if the players like Antonio Pierce. That doesn't make him a good head coach. You guys are missing this. Take emotions out of these things. Are you good enough and qualified enough? Your boy Brian Johnson was best friends with Jalen. How'd that, how'd that thing go? How'd that go? Players like Nick, does that make him a good guy? You're right. Does that make him the guy? Players like Nick, no. I have no, I don't care about that stuff. Hey, you think Mike Tomlin, how about this? You think Mike Tomlin tolerates shitty attitudes and loser mentality or buddy-buddy guys or whatever? You think he cares about that shit? Or do you think Mike Tomlin goes to work going, do your job, show up, produce, perform, and we will too? Um, If you need a friend, go buy a dog. This is the NFL. My God almighty, you talk to these guys like they're kindergarten kids. It's such a condescending conversation sometimes. Well, the players like them, Dan. So what? It's the last thing I care about. Now, does your, hey, you think Belichick's bedside manner is great with players? How many people would want to coach? How, how many people would want to play for Belichick? How many, would you want to play for Belichick? Watch this one. How many people in here would want to play for Bill Belichick? Scott's got it. Yeah, man, it's a tough environment and it's a tough world. It's a tough way. Got to win, though. You got to win. All right. Let me tell you what we're doing here before we bring in Aaron and Maddie here. We've been going around all the locations, all the way up from Rhode Island, all the way down through New Jersey. We're going to get to Newark here in a minute here, Newark, Delaware, our Delaware store. Then we're going to go all the way down through King of Pressure where we were at a couple weeks ago. And as I've been telling you guys, proud sponsor of the National Football Show with Big Sales, I've been involved with Hooters for over 40 years. Bob Passwater, Ed Drotsky are dear friends of mine. All those guys, by the way, like I said, to the girls, the last girls that were on, you see those colors? The Tampa Bay Buccaneer colors are Hooter colors. 
because the very first store was in Clearwater, Florida. And it was a local store for the Buccaneers. And by the way, don't forget the calendars are out. There's $100 in coupons. Great football this weekend. We have coming up with the divisional rounds. Let's bring in Aaron and Maddie with us right now from our Delaware store. How you doing, girls? Good. How are you? you? Right out of the gate here, okay? Is this Giants country or is this Eagle country? It's Eagles. Big time Eagles, yep. <laughs> okay, so it's Eagle country. How disappointed are you that the birds are not in the playoffs right now? We're pretty disappointed. Heartbroken. <laughs> Heartbroken, losing sleep. <laughs> you know what? Hey, what was the environment like Monday night when um, the birds got knocked out? Negative. <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't very happy. Not good at all. <laughs> Yeah. It's, the sale kind of just went out, right? What would right, exactly. you say? And then we're not happy just because every, you know, our money is bad vibes oh. all around. Exactly. <laughs> Same okay, thing with the so how, long you, how long you guys been with Hooters? Uh, seven years and six years, I believe. This is free, by the way. We had a little switch up because of all of the snow that we're getting here. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, how's hey, how is the snow up there? Is it okay? Oh, you it, guys doing it's well? It's still going. It's still coming down right now. Yeah. We're supposed to get like six inches. It's relentless. <laughs> so, Aaron, get this. So, and Brie, so six and seven years with that company. Yes. And you know what, too? And Gary loves the fact, you know, you know, and I keep bringing it up, and he'll know I keep bringing it up. I dated Lynn Austin, one of the original Hooter girls. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a Yeah. Hey, right? Right? <laughs> Big Sills had, you know, back in the day. <laughs> She's such a great girl, man. We're crazy, but we are the best. Yes, we will say that. Big heart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, talk about some of the specials you guys got coming up. I know this that during the playoff games and during the uh, divisional games and playoff games, there's two dollars off on your pitchers, if I'm not mistaken, and a buck goes to local charity. So, just some of the things that you guys are doing during this football season here. Yes. Um, so that is one of those options, or yes, one of our specials. The other options that we have for Tuesdays and Thursdays are buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless for free. That's a year round kind of deal. Um, we always have a good lunch special. Um, we also have a really good happy hour deal, which has $5 good drinks like Tito's, uh, Bacardi. There's a bunch of other options. Um, what else? Now we have all you can eat, all you on, can Wednesdays, eat on Wednesdays too, all yes. day long from open to close. Oh, all you can eat on Wednesdays too, oh, yeah. right? And it's not just Saturdays. Big hit. Finally, we got it, and everyone's loving it. That's fantastic. I mean, this weekend's probably <laughs> packed over the top, right? When it comes to football, when people roll in there. Now the weather may have an issue, and plus yeah. the birds <laughs> not being in too, you know. But hey, you can you can always do this too. Go to Hooters2Go.com in the app. Get the grub and take it back to your crib too, right? Um, well, with with that being said, the online app, some of the specials don't apply, so always call us first. Mm -hmm. Always call us because we want to make sure that everybody gets the you know the best kind of deal. <laughs> How about this? Lunch specials Monday through Friday, eleven thirty to three. Am I correct? Yes, uh, ten boneless and fries, nine ninety nine. I'm glad you remember because I do remember you coming in here. I think a long time ago. <laughs> How about this? Six items, six bucks, and also. The fried pickles. We still have yes. that on the menu, correct? Yes, that's our new happy hour deal. Three to six o'clock Monday through Friday. Look at that, Bree. 
See what I'm saying here, man? I got you know, I know what's going on here, right? Dan, we also we also have a bikini show February 9th if you want to tell everybody. I saw no not me, of course not. You're gonna have to come then. Hey, no, not me. I wouldn't know anything. Hey, by the way, girls, I told um the the last crew up in Rhode Island, I was like, I used to be a judge when they had it down in Miami. And they used to do the bikini contest down there in Miami. So I used to do well, that. Bob, you know, Bob Passwater used to bring me down there all the time. And we would be like a judge. It was a lot of fun. We might need one this February 9th. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> just, th just throw it out there one more time where you guys are located, too, so people can come see you. So we're on Kirkwood Highway, located right across from the Western YMCA, next to the Newark Farmer's Market. In Newark, Delaware, yep. Astro Shopping Center. I know it gets confusing with like whatever uh, uh, address is listed online, but we're in Astro Shopping Center, 136 Astro Shopping Center, to be exact. <laughs> you guys are dope, and I'm going to be posting some of this on the Instagram and over on Twitter, uh -huh. too. We have to get you guys back again. And we have, you know what we're going to start doing? I'm going to tell Gary... I'm going to start making some trips up to the places, too, and doing some shows live from the places like we did at King of – we did one a couple weeks ago at King of Prussia. Okay. So we'll come up and we'll do some of the shows with you guys as well and get everybody in the building. Do you want to say hi, Gary? Gary, tell – yeah, bring – put Gary's fat face in there. Hey. Hey, listen, I got a story for you real quick. Tell There's me. There's one store in the whole United States that still has slingers. No way! Remember these? Everybody else went high tech and uses printers. I'm so I old love it. Slingers. I love it, Gary. That looks great. Hey, Gary, thank you so much for everything you do for us. Be, be in touch. All right, we'll see you next Thursday or Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Right, we appreciate everybody. Hey, Aaron and Bree, you guys Bree, were yeah. superstars, like I say. Throw it up there. Give it a round like that. We're yeah. all good. Ready to go. They're the Hooter girls, the iconic Hooter girls. Thank you, girls. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so Thank much you for having us. You Thank got you. it. All right, ladies. So I appreciate much. it. Very cool. Have very cool there, Tone. Very Bye. nice. See you guys later. All good. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. Football and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutton Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. I'm surprised you animals could control yourself. By the way, man, I heard Rob say this, man, and I even had to comment on the Sports Take show. Sports Illustrated's going away. Holy cow. I don't know about you guys, but Sports Illustrated was very important to the development of my youth when the swimsuit issue used to come out. Not going to go into more detail, but Cheryl Teague's, um, L. McPherson, those are some of my honeys of my life. All I'm going to say is I just remember waking up with those magazines being next to my pillow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Cheryl Teagues, L. McPherson, you know. Wow. <laughs> but Sills, what about the great covers? You mean like with Reggie on it and Rose and, you know, Bruce Jenner? <laughs> oh, I think Bruce, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. The magazines were glued. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. It, Tony had a little water on him, and you know they'd stick together if you have water and such. And used to put them under my my pillowcase. Would pray that the tooth fairy would bring Cheryl Teagues. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah. Sports Illustrated, the swimsuit issue. It's a true thing, though, man. I used to cover my my bedroom walls with the um, covers <laughs> of the magazines. Like the, I had, I think my first ones were like the Mets. I had Namath. I had them all on the, on my walls. 
And to hear that Sports Illustrated is now shutting down, the internet destroyed Sports Illustrated. Some of the greatest writers in the history of sports. Two things went away this year. Brian Gumbel's Real Sports and Sports Illustrated. Look what the internet has done to sports journalism. The internet has destroyed sports journalism because now any Tom, Dick, and Harry can have a blog and he's a columnist. The internet diluted journalism. This is why they fought it. You know why sports writers and beat reporters hate X or Twitter? It's some of the best photos. Yellow, am I right when I say this? The same people and a lot of the people that did the Sports Illustrated uh, sports photos, weren't they people with also with Life Magazine? Because I, 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 Life Magazine was one of the greatest magazines of all time when it came to photojournalism. And I loved photojournalism because I think people that take pictures, the most iconic picture of all time is a sports picture, in my opinion. You know what it is? What do you think the most iconic sports picture? And Sports Illustrated had it. Do you know what the most iconic sports picture is in American sports history? Good one, Ali. No. No, not Ali. Wow. I forget, Sills. <laughs> Queasy Watkins. <laughs> MJ, no. <clears throat> Ali, no. Dwight Clark, that was a great cover picture. With Clark catching that over Everson Walls in the back. Wow, you guys don't know? Oh, Ali knocking Liston out was a great picture. Namath? No. Lynn Swan, that was another great picture in the Super Bowl. Steelers-Cowboys down at the Orange Bowl. Kobe game set. Wow, really? The Olympic hockey team was a great one. Man. Did you? Did you I, I, I studied sports journalism, too. Here For me, I think the greatest sports picture of all time is Carlos and Smith at the 68 Olympics. And many of you don't know what that picture represents. It's a picture of solidarity in America. The bare feet is for poverty. The necklaces they wore were for hunger. The fists in the air were for revolution. The head bowed down is for God's grace. I'm friends with John Carlos. Many people look at that picture and don't know what it means. It's not just two guys standing on the podium in Mexico City. It's two guys that were talking about the inequities of America at the time. And in that same Olympics, a man who's been on our program, George Foreman, waves the American flag around after he knocked out the Russian to win the heavyweight gold medal. 
Carlos and Smith took the most iconic picture. It's my screensaver, actually, in American sports history. Because do you know a guy like Brent Musburger? You know what he called him? He was a columnist at the time for – this is in Sports Illustrated, too, and how important SI was. It wasn't just a magazine. Think about this one here, Tom. Brent Musburger, who's considered one of the iconic sportscasters, right? Called them guerrilla militants. Carlos and Smith. And Dr. Harry Edwards, who's a dear friend of mine, who's been also on this program, was the man who architected that entire 1968 scenario where they would do that. That's one of my favorite moments in American sports history. That picture represents a lot to me. My youth, African-Americans fighting for civil rights in this country, actually human beings fighting for civil rights in this country. It wasn't just black guys. It was the poor. They represented the poor. Then get this, after they kicked them out of Mexico City, they couldn't get jobs. They lost their scholarships at South San Jose State, they blackballed them from getting any kind of, now they're professors. It's not just two guys with their fists in the air. Look, take a look at the photo. It's got a necklace for hunger, bare feet for poverty, head down giving God grace. Hands in the air for revolution. If that doesn't personify the 1960s, nothing else will. This is one of the greatest pictures of all time. An SI. Okay? And also, too, man, I mean, the necklace had other significance, too, about being lynched. I, John John Carlos told me all these things. My jaw was open. I had no idea. I just looked at the picture and thought it was cool. Until you look at the picture and you understand what the meaning is. It's pretty great. SI was there for it. Crazy great. Just inspirational. Oh, you ordered a Canes jersey custom. Man, they're welcome. <laughs> hey, they're welcome. As always, no more Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Yeah, hey, yeah, Google it. You'll see the picture and you'll see all those. Um, And and, and I've talked to Micah Ruzioni when they had the uh, a gold medal. You understand that picture on Sports Illustrated on the cover. That Aruzioni, back in the day, your team wasn't allowed to come onto the podium. But because, and remember, when they beat the Russians, it was a semifinal game. I believe they had to beat someone else, the Germans or somebody, to actually win the gold medal or the Swedes. I don't remember who they played in the gold medal. But that wasn't a gold medal match. And when Aruzioni in 80 at Lake Placid, they won, they won and they were getting ready to play the national anthem. He waved the entire team 
and the entire team got up on the podium. Somehow they got all 20 guys up there on top of that podium. And it's one of the most iconic pictures of all time. America was going through an energy crisis at the time. It was boy. They boycotted. It was during the boy. They remember they boycotted the summer 80 games because of the invasion of Afghanistan. And so it was determined whether or not they were going to even have the winter games in Lake Placid, New York, but they did anyway. And that was the last time until 80, until 88 when Russia and America were in the Olympics again, because 84, they boycotted the Los Angeles games. It was just fantastic. One of the greatest moments. And again, you grow up with Sports Illustrated in these iconic. Who was that great writer they had? Oh, God, he was one of the best writers. I know Paul Zimmerman was in SI. I know Peter King was in SI for a while. They had a writer in there, man. I forget his name. Some of the greatest writers of all time back in the day when they would tell stories. And see, that's what's missing in journalism. Some of the greatest writers of all time, you know, today, they give more opinion, but back then they painted a picture, you know, and they painted and sold sports. Really just phenomenal. Just sad to see that SI has now officially gone away. Yeah, Paul Zimmerman was a dear friend of mine, and he was the guru of the National Football League. And that's – he actually, Peter King took over for Paul Zimmerman. Uh, Dan was a really great writer. Dan Jenkins, fantastic writer, fantastic writer. His name was like Kyle or something. God, I forget his name. He was such a good writer. Um, f- yeah, Frank was in there. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Um, man, they had so many great sports writers at SI. Dan Jenkins was a spectacular sports writer, painted so many. Rick Riley, Big Sills, they love Big Sills. I'm on one of their all-time college football teams. I'm one of, I'm one of their all-time college football teams. They named me one of their all-time college football teams back in the day. And they've they've always been kind to me, SI. All right, we're gonna take a timeout. Philly Godfather. It's gonna make you some money. Hey, by the way, I know Tone feels pretty good about the Philly Godfather coming up. Hey, Philly Godfather. Oh, Dak and them Cowboys doing. <laughs> See, you got to remember something with some of you Eagle fans. You guys are really pissed off this week, aren't you? You guys are really pissed off. Hey, Tone, right? You're really pissed off this, this week, right? But watch this. Anytime you hear this, well, the Cowboys are out too. Damn. i tell you what. I'll be all right, man. I'll get over this, man. Be a four or five day deal here. We get to find out what's up with Sirianni. Sills Cowboys out? Yep. Dak's out too? <laughs> hey, what do you think played better, Dak or Jalen? I think Jalen did. Then he's going to go, okay, well, you know, I don't know. I'm all right. <laughs> all right, let's hit the like button. Power hour coming up. Keep it here, National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. suggestion from big sales you guys want to really be assholes or wait a minute let me say this again you guys really want to be philly fans i start trolling niner guy hey dude cowboys are out eagles are out don't drop the soap <laughs> hey better not drop the ball hoss because if you don't win a Super Bowl this year, you ain't ever going to win it. You better win it this year. Don't drop the soap. Hey, Niner guy. You talk about pressure. Who's got more pressure, the Niners or Lamar Jackson? You know, that little sphinxter muscle starts getting a little tighter. I've won one game in the postseason. I'm one and three. <laughs> Tell you what, too, Buffalo. 
If you can't beat Kansas City now, you'll never. Kansas City's right for the taking. Hey, Buffalo, you better win that game. It's at home. It's in your crib. They're not quite. That's the lesser team in any Kansas City team the last six years. Okay? That's the that's the least talented Kansas City team. They're going to get better next year. So you better whoop them this year. And here's the Niners. Yeah, we got everything now. Cowboys and Eagles are out of the way. Don't get upset. Do I think the Packers? No, I don't. They shouldn't. You got everything in front of you now, Kyle. You hate Tampa now, James? Why? Tampa didn't beat you. You beat yourself. (laughs) Okay. Well, you think Tampa Bay was a better team than you? Dude, you missed your whole conversation that we had at the beginning of the show here when it came to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me reiterate it for my friend here like James. James, you lost that Tampa game when you when you fired Sean Desai. That's when you lost it. Does Bill's head coach lose his job if they lose Sunday? No, but there'll be massive changes, Stephen. I think they blow that thing up if they don't. Can't keep going in that direction and going nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you keep doing the same shit over and over and you're not going anywhere. You got to beat Mahomes. If you want, hey, look, I know you're in the era of Mahomes, but you got to beat him. If you want to consider yourself a Super Bowl team, You've got to beat that guy. Okay? Got to beat him. That's that's right. That game wasn't normal. No one wanted to be there. No one wanted to play. Eagles gave no effort because at the end of the day, let's go back here. Let's reset this here. I think it's important before we get the Philly Godfather on. I think it's important. And let's start it one more time. After all the stuff that you heard us talking about today, how many people think that the Philadelphia Eagle job is a good job? If it were to come open, is it a good job? Not at all rigged. Is the Eagle job? I don't know. I don't believe it is. Kelsey said the Eagles don't practice hard. Is that true, Yale? Did he say that today? That the Eagles don't practice hard? So all the shit that Javon Hardgrade said is true? So wait a minute. If the Eagles don't practice hard, that means they don't work hard. The Eagles job is not a good job. Why? Because no matter what you do, if you win a Super Bowl or if you win, have winning records, they fire you. How is it a good job when no matter what you do or no matter what your results are, you get fired? 
that's why what Tone said, see, it's not so much about the cattle cave of coaches that they've gone through, which is true. It's, it's, it's more of the perception of what quality candidates would think of the job. Sure, you can hire anybody to get that Eagle job that's not an experienced guy. And that's why you hire inexperienced guys, because you know why? At the end of the day, I don't believe that the only coaches that you're going to get are desperate and inexperienced. You're not going to get – Mike Vrabel would never take that job under the current landscape. Why would he? Why would Mike Vrabel want to coach the Eagles and listen to Howie Roseman's bullshit? He'd be in a fist fight with him in a week. You think you're going to parachute in and tell Mike Vrabel what to do on game day or firing it? Hey, by the way, let me ask you this, guys. So do you actually think that Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie could have walked into Mike Vrabel's office in the middle of a 10-2 run where he kind of went through some bumpy times there, and you think you're going to make Mike Vrabel fire Sean Desai and put Matt Patricia in a position that he knows he's not qualified to do? as a coordinator at that time in the season, you think you're doing that to Mike Vrabel? You got another thing coming. If you operate your football team the way you operate, you're not telling a quality coach like Mike Vrabel that. That's You're not talking to him like that. By the way, as far as I would be concerned, one of the, pre, one of the prerequisites for me getting the job if I was Vrabel is that how Roseman doesn't talk to me unless it's on personnel day like around the draft or we're in personnel meetings. When it comes to football meetings and being around football decisions, he has no bearing on anything I want to hear. Why in the world would you want to listen to Howie Roseman for football decisions on game day or game week? I have no interest in what he says or thinks. Now, here's the deal. You've got to let the owner play with his toy. So you let the owner have a conversation with you because it's his team. That's the one regret that Jimmy Johnson says he wishes that he had done with Jerry Jones. He's let Jerry play with his team a little bit more and not be such an asshole. Scott is bringing up a great point. You know, it's one thing when you say, well, if they bring back Sirianni, he'll be on the hot seat. I'll tell you this too, Scott. If Jeffrey Lurie's not careful, he's setting up once again, Hey, remember I told you guys, Tone, you know I've been saying this now for two weeks. Remember I predicted you're on the route and on the road to be a five-win football team in two years? I still think that's happening. Okay? Unless you have a course change, you're going to be a five-win football team in two years. Okay, he's got to make really great decisions coming up here in the next week to change that course direction. In my opinion, this is in his ballpark, and it is this is in his ballpark right now. He's got to make sure that doesn't happen like it did in 19 and 20. Just remember this, Nick Sirianni had you on the line in 2021. 
to be a four-win football team until they made a decision in a course change. You see, you got to remember something about that. And I don't think you look at the parallels to that. Am I right when I say this tone and everyone? Management came in and made a course change in 21 with Nick and Shane. They thought they were doing the right thing this year when they made the course change with Desai and Patricia. That's why they did it. Because they had done it before. They are so predictable in how they operate. But yet they want you to believe that the coach has the say and it's not them pulling the trigger and pulling the strings. Why are you not transparent enough? The players see through all this. They see through all of it when you're not transparent. You see, look, did they not make a course change? And by the way, you know, you know, because <clears throat> I, I listen to the sports take guys, I also listen to all the other shows. Half the media and half the guests they get on, they believe that Nick was the guy who surrendered play calling. The other half doesn't. I'm on the side of that. I do not believe at all he surrendered it. I think they came in and told him what to do. No head coach after seven games gives up play calling unless you're told to. You just don't go, okay. That's what he was hired for. They thought he was going to be the next Sean McVay. Well, when they realized that wasn't happening, didn't they, by the way, when they realized they had Brian Johnson, an inexperienced coordinator, and they had a two and five play caller as the head coach, didn't they think, or did they, you know what they probably did? They relied on Jalen Hurts' leadership and his ability to carry and pull it through over the inequities of the head coach and the offensive coordinator. They thought Jalen would save him. They thought Jalen Hurts would save him, and it didn't, and he couldn't. They couldn't. They did more harm for him this year than they did, and Jalen couldn't save him. And what became a point here, the defense didn't mature enough, and when the offense couldn't get it going all year, remember what you guys kept saying? All year long, well, the Eagles haven't played their best ball. Well, the Eagles haven't played their best ball. Well, the Eagles haven't played their best ball. That went on in week three, four, five, six, seven. Remember what I was telling all of you? You're running out of runway here. How many more weeks do you need before you see? Remember when I was in week five telling you? Seals, it's early in the season. I remember all of you. Every single one of you, it's early. Okay. Okay. Then I went to another week. Still early. Dude, 
this is who you are. It's not going to get better. You know what your identity was this year? If you're an Eagle person, do you know what your identity was? You were consistently inconsistent. Zen, thank you. You know what, though, Zen? I'm sorry to say this, but that's a shitty thank you because no one likes to see the team knocked out of the playoffs. Dude, I don't mind them getting beat by Detroit. I mind them getting beat by the Bucs. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm saying? I mind you getting beat by the Bucs. Detroit, I could see Detroit. And Dallas, maybe, and San Fran. But the Bucks, that's see, that even leaves an even shittier taste in the season. Right? Right, Zen? It's like this. You lose. Okay, teams lose in the playoffs. But to the Bucks, come on, man. Come on. Facts, they lost to the worst team in the playoffs. Rolling. Probably right. Probably right. Ask yourself this question. Your owner, you trust him? Do you trust him? And if you say no, hey, maybe the best thing is to bring Sirianni back. Maybe the best thing is. Here's why. Let's look at both sides of this. You know, I don't want him back. I've said it. But let's look at both sides of this. You know, like I said, Monday seems like five months ago. It's just a few days ago that this nightmare happened. What are the positives of bringing back Nick Sirianni? Stability. Um, the players in the locker room. I would think that Nick, for me, I think Nick has to go in and have a team meeting. And I think a player and coaches meeting, and I think they all have to come together. And I think they have to have a venting session. Clear the air. Not with Howie in the building. Not with any of management, but those guys have to do this. And I would say this if I was Nick, it's us against the world. Okay. I don't care what comes out of this. It's got to be us in this. And maybe I let you down this year with that whole fiasco with Sean. Okay. Maybe I did. And I'll take accountability for it. But you've, you've got to be banging the drum in the same rhythm or you're not going to go anywhere next year. And by the way, you can also put paint it this way if you're Nick. Guys, if we don't write the ship now, we're doomed in 24. Okay? We're doomed. 
Think about what I just said. If you don't fix this now, you're doomed. That safety Jalen took said it all. I mean, dude was at the 14-yard line, and it was completely ridiculous. I think that that safety embodied exactly where the team was lost. Jalen didn't know where to go. He didn't know what he was doing. He had lost his place on the field, which means he had lost where he was. And even looking at the game, he didn't even know where he was and what part of the field. He didn't know what he was doing physically, mentally. That's I think is a embodies exactly where that where that team was mentally at the end of the year. That's why they had no remember, I I told you earlier in the week, I go, the Eagles have no chance of beating the Bucs. Their season was over, basically in Seattle. I mean, we'll find out what happened. Bo goes, I stopped watching before the safety. Um, I don't know. I, I, I look, this, this, this comes down to one guy. I opened the program out with it, and I'll say it again to you. Your, your owner has to fix this. He's the only one who can. And I don't know if he's capable of fixing it. Nor do I think he is going to go and look at the true problem. It's a culture power struggle thing. Man, you know, Tone keeps bringing that one thing that I bring up with him, and I think it aggravates him more than anything that I've asked him since he's been producing our show, you know what that is? Do you think the owner is more concerned about control or Lombardi trophies? And I think, unfortunately, that's the essence of the Eagles. See, I would never ask that question in Baltimore. I would never ask that question in Pittsburgh. To some extent, I wouldn't ask that question in Buffalo. I wouldn't ask that question in San Francisco. But in Philly and Dallas, I would. Chargers, I would. Now, they made a course change. I can promise you this. They did not want to fire Tom Telesco. They like Tom. But if they want to attract a good quality coach, Got a clean house, and they did. They absolutely did. All right, folks. It's time to make some money. Hey, 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 I'll tell you what, man. The Godfather, man. See, this is what I love about him. You lose over here, but you know what he turns around and shows you? Eh, Sills, you know, I didn't win here, but I got 10 winners over here. How you doing? That, 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 see, he's a smart guy. 
I'm going to bet this. You know, you got to always make sure that the Godfather never comes out with pennies. See, I chase dollars, not pennies. That's what I do. Let's bring it up here. Let's see what he's got. There he is. Look at that. Straight bet, 10 grand. <laughs> How you doing? Yes. What's sir. up, man? What's good, brother? Holy cow, man. How was the first? First off, let's do let's do the Eagles. Your takeaway from that non- Monday night nightmare. Well, you know, we were one of the few peoples all season that when the Eagles were 10 and 1, we were telling people, pump your brakes. This might be a one and done team in the playoffs. And I kept telling everybody, they went five and one early in the season in 50-15 games, in coin flip games, in games that either team could have won. So they were extremely lucky. Now, what would have happened if they were unlucky and they went one and five in those games? They would have been five and six, right? Down the stretch, they went one and five, one and six if you count the playoff game, with a negative 80-point differential on the season. This team could have finished six and eleven. And tell me, Dan, did they look like a six and eleven team when they played Tampa Bay in the playoffs, or an eleven and six team? Six and eleven. Yeah, exactly. So that's why we were telling people to pump their brakes. Not because I'm an Eagle hater. I'm the biggest Eagle fan in the world. If I ain't got no money on the game, but the team just wasn't right. They just weren't right. And and to not fire Sirianni yet, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean. What's he doing? You had a guy on the show, I think, that came on and said the analytics department prepares the whole game plan. So what's Sirianni doing out there? Calling timeouts and time management? Like what? Now, if you want a yes man and you want to control everything, that's a different story. But that's an insult to every Philadelphia fan that pays money every week to go to those games, to watch those games, to pay those, to pay money for jerseys, who want to escape. If you're giving them a coach that's just calling timeouts, you got to get a real coach in here. And forget about Belichick. He's 71 years old. I love him. But the reality is he's got a losing record without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. He's never won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. Bring in Mike Vrabel. The Eagle fans deserve a real coach. Bring, bring in Mike Vrabel. What do you think the odds are that Sirianni stays as head coach of the Eagles? I, I think they got a big meeting tomorrow, don't they? With uh, I thought with, they had supposedly were supposed to have with, one today and tomorrow. With, with Taylor. I don't know. You know, if they want a yes man, they're going to keep him around. But this team's in trouble moving forward. Kelsey retires. A.J. Brown wants to get out of here. They're not going to be able to sign a lot of those players, free agents, uh, moving forward. This team's in trouble next year. You know, Jalen Hurts has regressed back to the means of what he really is, and he's banged up. He's going to have probably have offseason knee surgery. This team's in trouble. They might not win nine games next season. Baker Mayfield outplayed Jalen Hurts. Yeah, imagine that. We talked about it all year. Baker Mayfield was the better, much better quarterback this season. And you know what was ugly about that Tampa Bay game? I challenge everyone to go back, check every box score in the playoffs. When's the last time a team lost by more than 20 points that didn't turn the ball over? You won't find it. Eagles didn't turn the ball over one time that game. That's how bad they are. Is Jalen Hurts the future of the Eagles? I mean, you gave him all that money. Uh, I hope he gets. I hope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A guy who's a money guy, you get you you give a guy fifty million, and you come back at me and go, "I hope." 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I don't want guys jumping off the Ben Franklin Bridge or the Walt <laughs> Bridge. You know, these Eagle fans, they live and die with the birds. And I love the birds as well. But from what I've seen, no. I mean, I, this might collapse quicker than that whole Carson Wentz thing. <laughs> oh. oh, do you trust the owner to do the right thing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got good intentions. And even though they've only won one Super Bowl in the last, you know, whatever since he's been here. 30 years. Yeah, but, they, you know, consistently they make the playoffs, championship games. I mean, they've been very competitive, while other franchises have fallen off. Like, let's be honest. So uh, is Larry a bad owner? I don't think so. I think he's a good owner. I mean, he tries, you know, so he's going to do his best. What do you make of Howie Roseman? How much accountability is this on his desk? It's a lot. He really thought he could win without any talent in a defensive backfield this season. I mean, he could have signed those guys for peanuts. They were like 65% of the production numbers when it comes to tackles on the season. He let them go. You're not going to recover. You know, and, and they were stacked with so much talent, but it was tilted. It was on the offensive line and the offense where the defense, defensive backfield was zero. I, I, I made a comment. I said that I think – what ha- and by the way, it's been Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's five days now. Jalen Hurts hasn't endorsed Nick Sirianni. Do you read anything into that? I didn't say nothing all year. But a, a, a kid that I trained for years as a professional fighter, he trains a lot of the Eagles during the season, boxing. And I didn't ask him to tell me anything, but he would just tell me things about that Eagles locker room, what was going on. I used it to my benefit when I was fading the Eagles down the stretch. I knew there was big problems in that Eagles locker room. I I knew a lot of guys on that team feel like Jalen Hurts is a prima donna now. He isolated himself away from a lot of players. I know a lot of guys didn't believe in Nick Sirianni as a coach and what they were doing. I know there was a lot of infighting in that locker room. You know, I kept my mouth shut. It's not my business. And I made money off the information. I didn't ask the kid. But they've got big issues in that locker room. <laughs> and that's the fact. And you saw it translate on the field. You think there's a lack of leadership inside that locker room right now? Absolutely. And I don't know whether the money change hurts. I don't know. I mean, that knee injury he had this season might be more, uh, you know, more than they're saying. Um the coaching, the run of coaches on offense, you know, offensive, defensive coordinators. I mean, it's just, a, it's a mess. It's a real mess. He's a money man that gets information like he is like all the president's men. And that's the godfather <laughs> and why they call him the godfather. He's kind of like those guys from the Washington Post, you know, that narked out Nixon and got Nixon knocked out of there, telling you now that there could be some leadership issues. And I'll tell you what, there would seem to be a lot of guys, and especially A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's in Atlantic City instead of down with his team for the Buck game. Did you know that? Guess who was there with him? Who? <laughs> oh, my he God. Was four seats away from he was sitting four seats away from me. And he wants to stay here. People got it twisted. But he doesn't want to stay here with these coaches and what they're doing on the field. Holy cow, this is phenomenal. <laughs> the Godfather saw AJ at the damn casino on Monday night. You are the GOAT. This is why it you have a It was Boardwalk Convention Hall. It, it was a promotion by Danny Garcia and uh, what's his name? Uh, geez, I just can't got my tongue here. 
but yeah, they had a bunch. It was like a pro am. They had some amateurs fighting on the card. They had some pros fighting on the card. And there was AJ right there in the front row. Bob Woodward slash the Philly Godfather giving us deep background. How's that for you there, Tone and everyone? There you go. Your boy AJ Brown is at the damn casino instead of with his team in Tampa on Monday. Come on, loves, no. Let me tell you something. AJ loves Philly. There's a lot of conflicting re- reports. He loves this city. He wants to stay here. He loves the fans. He just doesn't like what's going on. Do you think he wants to stay here with the current structure the way it is with um, Sirianni as the head coach? No. He's leaving. Sirianni stays as the head coach. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's move on from that because – I, I know you make a lot of dough on that, but I got to tell you, that's really wonderful information. That You know what? I've had some really great guys on this week, but to hear you say you saw that guy on Monday. Now, it, it, well, you made it public, so, I mean, that's cool, right? There's nothing wrong. I mean, I, I, I didn't talk to him. I, he was sitting four seats for me, you know. Monday night. No, no, no. Uh, Saturday night at the fight. Saturday night. Oh, Saturday well, night. well, shit. I'm sure he wasn't there. I'm sure he wasn't there Monday. He was there at the casino. Okay. I don't know, I don't know where he was Monday, but at the Saturday night he was at the fights. There and there go. were some good fights there. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's do the Saturday games. By the way, before we do this, what game, what matchup are you looking more to this weekend? The Stroud Lamar Jackson matchup or Mahomes Allen? <sighs> The Stroud uh Lamar Jackson matchup. I mean it's a tough matchup. You're gonna have some weather. You got a dome team. You know, I don't care what anybody says. Dome teams that come to play in 20 degree weather with 15 mile per hour winds that might pick up. It's an issue. And Stroud, you know, he looks great against uh zone defenses, but when he's played man defenses this season, he's like ranked the 27th best quarterback in the league. He's in the basement of the NFL. So Baltimore has the ability to switch up on you. And uh, really expose your weaknesses. So I think CJ might struggle a little bit. Uh, they played great all season, but they're only four and four on the road this year. They haven't played a team with a winning record on the road all season, except for the Ravens in week one. And they weren't even able to score a touchdown in that game. They kicked three field goals. Uh, now CJ has gotten better since then. Uh, but I think uh, the Texans are going to have some problems, you know, against this Ravens defense that, you know, one of the best in the NFL. And uh, I think Lamar has a lot of pressure on him, but it's his, his time to shine. And I bet him for ten grand to win the Super Bowl at three to one. So I'm very confident in this team. Do I always get it right? No. Uh, I went about fifty seven percent of my wages long term, so I'm going to lose forty three percent of the time. But when you're risking one ten to win a hundred, the break even point is fifty two point four percent. So if you got a five you know five percent edge over the book, you got to exploit that edge, and I fire each and every week. Are you concerned about the one and three record for Lamar? Because again, of all the quarterbacks, I would say that he has probably the biggest pressure on him. Now, the AFC playoffs go through Baltimore, which is great. Plus, he's got the coaches and he's got Todd Munkin and all that. Um, again, does it concern you the one and three, or is that again just matchups? Because you know, look, 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 look at what happened with Stafford up in uh, Detroit. Stafford had all them shitty years when he was up there, but then he gets to a coach in Los Angeles and he wins the Super Bowl. I mean, is that kind of what this is here? Just, I mean, you're in the Mahomes era. You know, you got Joe Burrow in the AFC. You got Josh Allen in the AFC. It's not like going through, 
you know, some of the crappy quarterbacks that you go through in the NFC here. So is that more of that product that you think that's more what that is? I've been one of the biggest uh, critics of Lamar, even in the MVP season when he was tearing up the league. I was the only guy to go on TV shows, radio shows, social media, and say this team ain't going to win one playoff game. And they all thought I was crazy. Uh, but he was a kid. And I think he's matured. I think he's gotten better. I think he reads defenses a lot better. I think this is one of the best teams I've seen in a long time. If you look at the three wins this season, the three losses this season, it's because they've had cluster injuries on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, or else this team could have went undefeated on the year. That's how good this Ravens team is. That's how good this offense is. That's how good Lamar has become. He's he's great at extending plays, and people say he holds on to the ball too long, but he's making things happen. So you got to take, you know, snap to delivery. You got to take that metric out the, out the way, throw in the trash because of everything he does on the field. Uh, this is one of the better teams I've seen in a long time. If you look at their DVOA ratings, if you look at overall, you know, history of the NFL, this Ravens team is stacked, and that's why I bet them. I'm not betting 10 dimes on a team if I don't think they're that good. So I'm expecting big things from Lamar this season. Uh, the coach, I mean, some of the best coaches in the NFL on that Ravens team. So if they lose, I'll be shocked. <laughs> if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, I'll be shocked. I got them going. Um, no, I got I, – I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what goes on in the playoffs here. Let's do Green Bay, the other Saturday game, at San Francisco. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, this when you get a team like Green Bay, to me it's always about do you think you can have consistent winning in the postseason or do you think a team can catch you on any given Sunday? And I look at Green Bay more as that kind of team. I don't know if they're built to win four games, to win a Super Bowl, but this kid Love has been playing great. He's got great coaching. Purdy's at home. Everybody seems healthy in San Francisco. You know, if Lamar Jackson has the pressure on him, the Niners now have pressure on them because there's no Philly and there's no Dallas in the postseason. They got to get this done now. Yeah, and it's nine honest, and a half too, by the way. Yeah, and every time it goes to ten, someone takes the ten. But uh yeah, it's moving back and forth. But this team was banged up. Their offensive line was banged up early. And now, like you said, the key word you said was they're healthy going into the playoffs. And you've seen the difference. They're six and two in their last eight games. They got a plus fifty-four point differential in that time span. Uh they're one of the healthier teams going into the playoffs. They're, they got a plus four SIC health score better than San Francisco this week. Ten points is a lot of points. Uh, given a team, especially when San Fran didn't play last week, you know, they got to get back you know, in the groove. It's going to take them a little bit. Um, Pat, I mean, the Pat, do they have what it takes to win this game? I think so. Can they win the game as a 10 point dog? It's going to be very difficult. But how about, looks, how about just for how about just the cover? I think they can cover. You think I mean, they can take care of that cover? They're ranked 12th in, in the NFL in red zone defense while the 49ers are 14th or 15th. So, they're pretty good in the red zone. You saw what they did to the Cowboys. I mean, they dismounted. And I was on the Cowboys to win it all. And, you know, Dak again let me down. He choked. He's a choke artist. I don't care what anybody says. Dak Prescott is a choke artist. And that was it. I'm done with him forever. I mean, I bet the team before the season started, I got 16 to 1 odds. And by the end of the year, they won the NFC East. They were a two seed with home field throughout up to the championship game. I mean, that was a great bet, but I bet on a bad quarterback. And he burned me again. So, you know, forget about that. But how about, how about this with him? For for for, for that, for the, to kick, it's one thing to get beat, right? 
It's another thing to get murdered like that. I mean, it was from the the only thing that was competitive in that game was the coin toss. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that was the disappointing thing in that. Well, you got to remember, Gilmore was banged up really bad. He was. Yeah, and Roland Bland was a little banged up. So their defensive backfield was banged up going into that matchup. But, again, if you look at the first half numbers, they were down 27-7. to But Green Bay only had two more first downs and 60 more total yards in the first half. It was those two turnovers by Dak. If you – if you lose a turnover battle two to nothing, you're going to lose the game 83% of the time. Once you pick six, too. Yeah. And then you combine with uh, – you got a banged-up defensive backfield. You got no shot. It was just – and McCarthy got outcoached. Let's be honest. He got outcoached. And they're bringing him back. So who do you like in this, Green Bay, San Fran? The number's right there. I mean, I went through the game like with a fine-tooth comb and – at plus 10, I'm leading Packers a little bit. I didn't bet it yet. And, you know, I always tell you guys, I hate giving out anything if I didn't bet it yet. Uh, at nine and a half, what I would do is tease down San Fran to minus two and a half. And all they got to do is win by a field goal. And I think in the second half, they get that motor running. And uh, they should be able to win the game. Now, cover the spread. I'm not sure. I haven't bet it yet. So, if I do, I'll give it out on Twitter for free. Sunday games. The Eagle Killers, the Buccaneers <laughs> versus the Lions, Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, the Reclamation Projects, um, a second home game, believe it or not, in Detroit. You know, I've, I've, I've gone back and forth on Detroit. They're the third seed. This is three and four playing against one another, by the way. It's the early Sunday game. And there's just something about the energy of Detroit. And I'll tell you, Todd Bowles has done a hell of a job. And those numbers – I said this last week to Eagle fans. Those Buccaneer defensive numbers are not what they really are because they were injured the majority of the beginning of the season and all the way through to the middle of the season, and they're the healthiest they've been right now. And they still got some players off that championship Super Bowl team. I mean, I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk here for Detroit going into this thing. How do you see it? Yeah, and I always tell everyone, skewed statistics are your best friend. And like you said, those numbers, they're not real. This this is one of the healthiest uh, times they've been this season, this Buccaneers defense. And you saw what they did to that Eagles offensive line. They're going right through them like butter. I haven't seen that in a long time. That Eagles offensive line was just folded. Hurts didn't have time to throw the ball. It, it shows you how strong this defensive line is on the Buccaneers to do that. Line opened up five and a half lines. It went up to seven. I took some plus seven on, on Tampa Bay. Uh, game went back to six and a half, six, depending on where you shot. I also went over 48 and a half in this. I think both offenses could put some points up in that dome. Uh, Detroit still has ranked top five in yards for play metric. So uh, with that weak Eagles defensive backfield, I don't know if, if the Buccaneers offense is as good as it looked like last week against the Eagles, but I still think they're pretty good. They got so many playmakers on that offense. So I'm expecting some points. I went over 48 and a half. I, I think there's still some 49s in the market if you want to go over 49. Uh, I think the Buccaneers can stay within the number. And the granddaddy of them all here, and what a game I think this is going to be. For the first time, Patrick Mahomes has to go on the road. Now, Buffalo's banged up defensively, and there's even a conversation on Diggs and his health going into this ball game. Um, you know, and I, and I said this about Buffalo. If you don't beat that Kansas City team now, when this is the worst of the six years since they've been in this Andy Reid run, this is your chance to beat them. If you're Josh Allen and them, you've got to be – if not now, when? I mean, this is an interesting ball game because Buffalo's got injuries. 
Kansas City's going into this game having played a really good game against Miami. How do you see this? By the way, after this, we'll do some prop bets here. But, I, I mean, I think this is going to be a very interesting ball game here. Yeah. The, I mean, this was the year for, you know, the Bills. They got hot down the stretch. They won seven of the last eight. Yeah, the only reason why they lost the one game was because Elliott kicked a 60-yard field goal in the raid to, to go to overtime. But they're really banged up. Kansas City has a plus 10 SIC health score better than Buffalo here. Buffalo lost another starting corner last week. Their defense is, is banged up. And people, you know, the people this year have talked about how bad this Chiefs offense has been, and they have had some trouble scoring. And that may be true, but their defense is one of the best in the NFL. They're number one in sack percentage, eighth in red zone defense, fourth in opponent yards per play, uh, second in opponent yards per pass attempt. And what's going to happen is if, if that offensive line for the Bills can't hold up and that number one pass rush starts getting to Josh Allen, well, that's going to cause him to make some mistakes. And what happens when you make mistakes? Turnovers. And what's the biggest predictive indicator of who wins the game and what's the most impactful thing that happens in a football game is who wins the turnover margin. And if that happens, if that Chiefs defensive line can get to Josh Allen, I know he can run the ball uh, and he's a monster, and that kind of helps him a little bit in this matchup. But I like the Chiefs here. I took plus three. Um, a lot of people think I'm nuts. You know, I'm going up against the hottest team in the NFL. I'm on an island here, but I don't care. I'm on an island almost each and every week, and I make money. So I'm going up against. Uh, I'm going against the Bills here. Uh, I like the Chiefs plus three. Boy, you're really on the limb with Mahomes. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about you, but McDermott. I mean, Andy Reid's going to out coaches. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll, I'll take the better coach, Mahomes. Josh Allen, all right, maybe Josh Allen might be a little better this season. He's got more weapons. But Gabe Davis is out. I mean, Cook, you know, if they can establish the run, that's the one weakness the Chiefs do have this season is stopping a run. But both teams have that weakness. Both teams are some of the worst uh, run defenses in the NFL. I think they're both ranked in the basement of the NFL in opponent yards per rush attempt. So uh, you might see both teams come out and run the ball a lot more than pass the ball, stay a little conservative because nobody wants to turn the ball over. Nobody wants to take some big shots down the field and throw a pick. So maybe the under, if you're looking to go under 46 and a half or 47, if it gets there, that, that might be another smart move. You know, one of the things before I get to some of these prop bets here, um, how much do you play into home field advantage? And is that more of a thing in the postseason than it is in the regular season nowadays? Or is it now not really that much of a factor anymore when you're talking about how you look at numbers and how you look at over under? or how you look at a spread, how, how important is that? Is it more accentuated in, in the postseason? Well, it's not as much as it used to be because teams travel a lot better. You used, yep. used to just say, all right, I'm going to give the home team a three-point edge in this game. So de depending on what your number was, you're just going to deduct three points off the top. Uh, it's more like a one-and-a-half-point edge depending on the team, depending on the weather. I mean, you know, you go up to Denver early in the season when teams aren't in tip-top shape and are not acclimated to that type of – you know, elevation, well, that's a huge edge for the Denver Broncos or the, you know, Colorado Buffaloes in college football. And you just look at their records early in the season against the spread. They're monsters. So uh, playoff time, yeah, I think it's big, especially with some of the better teams. Uh, you know, if you're the superior team and you got home field, you know, yeah, you got a much better shot. So it does get magnified more than the one and a half. If you, know, you go up to Buffalo and you got 50 mile an hour winds and you got snow and you're playing a dome team, obviously, you know, depending on the matchups, it really makes a big difference there. Let me do this. Let's let's go to quarterbacks, and we'll we'll hang with just these guys here, and we'll do these. C.J. Stroud over under two hundred and ten yards passing. 
Uh, that's low. I think it was like 229. What was it? It was uh, it was 237 and a half at draft. 237. Yeah, I'll go over. I'll go over 210 any day of the week. 237. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was at DraftKings. Yeah, I'll go over two ten. <laughs> no, what against Baltimore in that, that secondary? Yeah, that's what the number is. I'm taking the under in that one. Yeah, but I'll go over two ten. You gave me two ten. <laughs> okay, okay, over two ten. All right, all right. How about Lamar Jackson? Over under two hundred ten passing yards. Uh, he's gonna go over. Yeah, he's gonna go over. He'll go. Okay, he passed for only thirty two hundred yards this year. He's gonna go. I mean, he's the MVP of the league. This is, I think he's got a lot to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Look at uh, you, man. You want this ticket. You want this ticket, man. I need After that big Michigan, I won 50000 on that Michigan future. So it's all gravy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to grand on Michigan? Yeah. yeah. I lost I lost 15 back on the Cowboys. I had 15 on them to win the Super Bowl. So I'm up. I want big money with our future. We won 42 positions this year on our football future. So if you bet 100 bucks a game, you end up winning 4,200. So do the math with my kind of money. It's big money. You hear that, you hear that boys? Oh, this Cowboys didn't come in, buddy. Hey, you know he bet over here, Jim Harbaugh, 50K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, real quick, then, before I go over to Jordan Love and Brock Purdy here, um, Jim Harbaugh, NFL, or does he stay at Michigan? I mean, he's got it nice at Michigan. Nice. If he feels like he's missing something uh, and he wants a shot at winning the Super Bowl, um, you know, where's he going to go, though? I mean, the Chargers organization, you know, they've had their issues. I would love to see him in Philly, but he won't come here. Ow. Where's he going to go? Who, who wants to go to Atlanta? Nobody wants to go to Atlanta. Cowboys, I mean, you really want to deal with Jerry Jones? I mean, Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Nah, I'm with you, man. All right, let's do this. Jordan Love, over under 225 yards passing. I say over. Over? Yeah, I think he has a good game. They're healthy. Offensive line is healthy. You've seen the difference. They've been putting up points. You think that game's going to be pretty close, don't you? Uh, uh, I'm leaning that way. I'm leaning that way. How about Brock Purdy, over under 235 yards passing? I think he goes over. That's low. They got too many weapons on that team. You think I mean, he's everywhere you look around, there's a monster on the field on offense. I mean, you think he's over two fifty? Could be. Yeah, could be. Baker Mayfield over under two hundred and thirty yards passing. Shake and bake, baby. Let's uh, go. Uh, over that pass defense is two thirty. Oh, over. Go over. go over two fifty. Look at that. Take the alternate line. Go over 250. Jared Goff, over under 255. Man, over. over. Oh, this is He's the second best quarterback in the league this year. Now, he does fold under if you can get to him. But that Detroit Lions offensive line is ranked top five. Like, they might be the best offensive line in football. They're, they're going to put some points. I'm hoping they put some points up in that one. This is going to be an interesting one here. Patrick Mahomes. Over under 255 passing yards in a very cold Buffalo on the road. Yeah. Depends what the wind's like. If, there, if there's no wind, that defensive backfield for for Buffalo is devastating. I mean, who they, they got guys from the Home Depot parking lot playing. I mean, 
They're down to like their fourth string cornerback starting. Uh, who's what was it? What'd you tell me? 250? 255. 255. I think the uh the market's at 253 and a half. I'd go over. I'd go over. Depending on the wind. If the if the wind picks up, then you gotta go under. I'm gonna change it up here. Josh Allen over under 400 yards total offense. Wow. His passing yards are, I think, right around 227 and a half. His rushing yards are less than that. You said 400? Yeah. I say under. That that Chiefs defense is almost as good as the Ravens. He's going to have some issues this week. I I mean, I'm cheering for the Bills. force last week. I'm cheering for the Bills because, I mean, four straight Super Bowls with Jim Kelly and those guys, all losers. (laughs) I mean, you saw what happened in the 13th second game against it. I feel bad for the Bills Mafia fans. But, again, they're so banged up. Yeah. You know, it's just hard bet- investing money on a team yep. that's missing so many starters. It's, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to make No, no, the, both levels, too. Linebackers and secondary, they're banged up pretty significant. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. I see the Chiefs. That's going to be a pretty interesting game. Hey, once again, this guy keeps swinging. He keeps making. He keep, tell the folks where they can uh, find you, too, this weekend because it'll be a big weekend when it yeah, comes he, to the divisional round. You can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. Stop by the phillygodfather.com. And they got to fire Sirianni, man. Get rid of him. <laughs> you know, I'm calling timeouts. I mean, you can call timeouts. Hey, right. No, I can do this, too. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> hey, by the way, Chief fans, Colts fans, I can do that, too, man. If you want me to scream at fans, I, I mean – that's right up my alley, you know. I'm good at it. The Eagles fans deserve a real head coach. Hey, did you see that Philly fan throwing popcorn on his ass? And <laughs> You're done! <laughs> I thought that was you. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Philly Godfather. I appreciate it, man. I'll see you, Dan. You got it. Thank That's you. our guy. All right, hit the like button here. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Real quick here, Houston at Baltimore, I think it's Lamar time. I don't think that game's going to be that easy, though. Houston's playing on house money. They're playing with FU money, you know. I think C.J. Stroud is a gunslinger. He is really good. He's a better passer than Lamar Jackson is. Lamar's probably a better quarterback. I'm going Lamar, though. And I would say something like 28-20. And I'll take Baltimore here. Green Bay at San Fran? Sorry. I think the dream ends here for Jordan Love. I think San Francisco boat races that team. 34-17. I don't think that thing's close. Green Bay will have to show me more. Dallas didn't beat a very good team this year except for Philly. And Philly was in a nuclear meltdown. I think the 49ers kill that team. Tampa Bay at Detroit. I think Tampa Bay gets exposed. I think Detroit wins something like 31-21. I think Tampa Bay puts some points up late, but I think Detroit owns this thing. My prediction is Kansas City will win the Super Bowl again. And here's what I say. Kansas City at Buffalo. Buffalo's injuries do concern me. It's at home. Allen's been absolutely Superman. If he doesn't turn the ball over, I think there's a great chance that they win that game. But if there's multiple turnovers in that game, Kansas City wins that game. Kansas City first road game in the history of Patrick Mahomes' era. It's Andy Reid. Tough. I'm still hanging with Buffalo, though. And I think Buffalo gets it done. I think they still have balance in their roster and the way that they've drafted and all. So I'm going Buffalo in a very close one, 26-24. I have the Buffalo Bills winning at home and Bills Mafia moves on uh, to the AFC Championship game. Tone's got Houston wins 30-27 in an upset. Wow. Buffalo wins 24-21. Detroit 33-24. And San Francisco 35-23. We're kind of on the same page. He's got Houston in an upset of Baltimore. Wow. 
would you will have a lot of conversation to say the least on Monday if Lamar drops to all that. Hearing from the Philly Godfather that Jalen is a prima donna and distancing himself from the team in the locker room seems very uncharacteristic, but very telling. Can we get your take on that comment? I'm not buying that yet. I'm not going to indict anybody on that yet. I'm, I, 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 I don't. I'm not. I'm not ready to go there. And I'm not disputing what he's saying. I just, for me, I, I, I've seen too much of a sample size of the guy being what you need and who he is, and what he did at Bama and hanging in there, than than that, and a bad run of a, a seven games or six games. So I, I need more. I'm not, I'm not going there. All right. Guys, have a great weekend. It's a great football weekend. We shall see you on Monday. Hey, I want to thank Xander, Big Joe. Thank you very much. Tone, you absolutely continue to kick ass. We appreciate it. Two to six Monday, and we shall see you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.